0: of Muslims have been killed in the last 12 years by Bashar al-Assad and other Muslims in the civil war in Syria. There's no one on the streets of Sydney or Melbourne. There's no one on the streets of London. We have seen hundreds of thousands of people killed in the last decade in Yemen, Muslims being killed. There's no one on the streets of Melbourne. Nobody is standing outside the Sydney Opera House calling gas the Hutu or gas the Houthi, gas the Shia, gas the... Nobody's marching for the dead Muslims in Yemen. Their co-religionists, we're always told about, care so much about their co-religionists, don't give a damn about their co-religionists. They really don't. Muslims do not love other Muslims. They have no love.
1: This hour. Go to episodes at TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Israeli military shared video and photographs on Monday showing what it said were weapons stored by the Hamas terrorist group in the basement of a children's hospital in Gaza, where it also said hostages appear to have been held. Military Spokesperson Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari said troops had found a command center with an armory of weapons, including grenades, suicide vests, and other explosives stored by Hamas terrorists in the basement of Rantisi Hospital, a pediatric hospital with a specialty in treating cancer patients. He showed footage of what appeared to be rudimentary living quarters, including a small kitchen, as well as a nearby tunnel shaft, which he said led to the house of a senior Hamas naval commander. A Canadian peace activist, believed to have been taken hostage during the Hamas attack in Israel five weeks ago, is dead, her son says. Vivian Silver's son, Chen Ziegen, says Israeli authorities told him the remains of the 74-year-old woman had earlier been found in the kibbutz where she lived, but were only identified now. Ziegen told reporters in Ottawa last month his mother was born in Winnipeg and moved to Israel in 1974. The National Australian Bank, NAB, is supporting a push for a nationwide digital identity, claiming it will provide more convenience for Australians. The news comes amid a push from the Australian government to legislate the system either this year or early next year. The bank believes an interoperable digital identity ecosystem is needed for Australians to connect their banking Connect ID, MyGov and state government apps. NAB said industry and community-led digital ID solutions will complement and extend the reach of government digital ID services. It added that the success of the Australian system needs banks, noting that not all parts of the community want to use a government digital ID. NAB Digital Executive Brad Carr said we want digital identity to work in Australia for all Australians. Senator Josh Hawley on Monday told Fox News host Laura Ingram the United States should not provide another dime to Ukraine until it can be determined if taxpayer money was involved in the bombing of the russian-owned Nord Stream pipelines
0: that ukraine's behind the sabotage that we may have been involved with it we need to know how every dime has been spent in ukraine has any of our money gone towards the Nord stream two bombing ha- are there are there american troops or cia agents on the ground right now in ukraine we need to know the facts here not a dime more for ukraine and every dime that we've already spent needs to be accounted for right now
1: the White House is planning to kill Russia's Arctic Liquid Natural Gas two energy project, according to U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Energy Resources Jeffrey Pyatt, who told a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on U.S. national security interests in Ukraine that new sanctions leveled against the Arctic LNG-2 is aimed at killing that project, claiming it has been set up with the aim of turning Russia into the world's largest liquid natural gas exporter. Here with Morris TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen.
2: Now you can see Washington's true agenda here. You shouldn't think that they would have stopped by blowing up the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines to cut off gas from Russia into Europe, really deciding who Russia can sell to, who they can't sell to. Now they're trying to cut off Russian supplies to Asia. What is this going to mean? Is there going to be warfare, sabotage in the Arctic Ocean? Is that where things are heading? They think they can get between Russia and China on the delivery of energy, or Russia and Japan? Japan. And they have put prohibitions in price caps on Russian oil to places like Japan. But that's not going to stop the flow of energy to an Asian tiger economy that's going to need energy and lots of it. Affordable, reliable energy with great service providers of which Russia is one of the top in the world. They're going to need that to fuel their economic needs and their growth for the next two decades or more. And where is the West going? To green energy, wind and solar that's not going to cut it so you can see the divergent agendas here for TNT Radio this is Patrick Henningson
3: thank you Patrick and we'll be back with weather in just a moment from beanies to carry bags and from shoes to
4: caps browse our shop now at tntradio.live
3: Alrighty, let's have a look at the extremes. First of all, we've got Whitianga, 15.9 degrees. The lowest place is a place called Waitati, 3.3 degrees right now, Christchurch uh, Christ Castle Point. Not sure where that is, actually. I think it's North Island, isn't it? isn't it? Just, yeah, just out of Wellington, isn't it? Up around there, somewhere around there. 69, blowing through there a little bit. 69 kilometres of wind through there, and Kaitaia Airport has 0.4 millimetres of rain. The short forecast for Northland to Taranaki including the Coromandel, the Bay of Plenty, Taupo and Taramanui, you've got showers today becoming isolated in the morning and then clearing later. For Gisborne to Wairarapa, also for Wellington, fine weather for you. Wanganui, Taihape, Horawanua, Kapiti Coast, partly cloudy with isolated showers clearing this morning. For Marlborough and Nelson fine and then high cloud Buller to Fiordland partly cloudy with showers clearing to fine in Westland this afternoon and Buller in the evening for Canterbury cloud with isolated showers Otago Southland partly cloudy with isolated showers about the coast spreading elsewhere for a time this afternoon and then clearing in the evening for the Chatham Islands periods of cloud and a few showers around about midday. we'll be back with some news for you at five past five
5: and you're telling me that a guy that has women throwing themselves at him 20 24-7 24-7 had to rape somebody? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I yes, don't women think, coming no, I, don't think I don't think. you can
6: make the leap that that couldn't happen.
5: I didn't say it couldn't. I'd say it's very unlikely. Like, is Elon Musk, is he going to rob a bank? <laughs> Probably not. I think it's certainly less likely, but he could do it. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a
7: trans person's right not to be offended?
4: Because in order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. You know, like you're certainly willing to risk offending me in the pursuit of truth. Why should you have the right to do that? It's been rather uncomfortable.
0: Well, I'm, I'm very glad I put you on the spot. <laughs>
5: no, but you get my, my point. It's
4: like you're, you're doing what you should do, which is digging a bit to see what the hell's going on. So and that is what f- you should do. But you're do exercising you think- your freedom of speech to certainly risk offending me. And that's fine. I think more power to you as far as I'm concerned.
7: You haven't sat there and I'm just trying I'm just trying to work that out. I mean
4: Ha, gotcha. You have got me. You
7: have got me. I'm trying to work that through time. my head. Yeah,
0: yeah. It took a while. It took
8: a it
4: while. Did take it, a while. Did,
3: yeah. it took a while. Yeah, seven minutes you past. Have five. Ca- okay. You have
8: voluntarily ca-
3: yeah, yeah. Okay, seven minutes past five. Good morning. Welcome to the Liberty NZ uh, Breakfast with me, Grant Edwards. We're over at Radio New Zealand right now on the mystery of the man who reported his own murder. Uh, very few people report their own murder, but that's exactly what Dave Davin did as he lay dying in hospital. Good grief, that is some story, I'll tell you what. Uh, also, Luxon, Peters and Seymour to finally meet at last... Uh, that's the plan, anyway. Uh, it was a bit a bit of a risky business to assume that Peters was where he was these days, according to ACT leader David Seymour. But um, they have, you know, they haven't actually met together. Now the the election was on the 14th, wasn't it? Saturday, the 14th of October, and then we had special counts of only half a million, just maybe a few more. And that happened, it was all tidied up by the second or third or fourth of um this month. And here we are now almost ten days and it probably is ten days later, and we still haven't got a government formed. And Peter's, what are you doing? You should be there together, the three of you. And it all sh- and the other thing that I don't like about it is it's all very d- in the dark. No one knows what's going on. They've got all these behind doors stuff. It should be transparent. We voted for you, you're there for us. We want to know what's going on. And I don't agree with that at all, this um behind closed doors nonsense it should be I, th- I think all their meetings should be televised because they're working for us anyway, uh, now we've got this researcher, um, he is a, re- this, this fellow is a disinformationist researcher and uh, they are probably one of the greatest disinformationists, if you ask me. Anyway, wrong on many levels, according to a researcher. He criticises the University of Auckland's silencing of Susie Wiles. they told told to shut up and start teaching instead of uh, doing a side hustle with the government, g- getting paid through the back door, I suppose, getting backhanders from the communists to um, spread misinformation about a uh, fake a fake jab and uh, a fake virus. And, um, you know, the whole, the whole country disliked you. But there was never any violence towards you. It was just rubbish, you know. And and they had with uh, one one guy I think who runs the what is it now? It's called the. Nuremberg Two Trial, and that's fair enough. But you know, he's a very, very mild-mannered person. I think it's Dan, somebody can't remember his last name, and very mild-mannered. But what they've basically done on this website is they've put all the people up that they believe are responsible for the killing and uh, maiming of New Zealanders with the um, the COVID. Uh, the pandemic and all the fake jabs that they were putting into people that didn't work, all of the stuff they said that it was going to do and Susie Wiles was one of them up there, the pink-haired beach whale as John Ansell calls her and she's called the beach whale because when she told everybody else to go and stay at home, to stay home she was out there on the daughter uh, on sorry, out there on the beach with a daughter sunning herself like a beach whale at one of the beaches in Auckland uh, so she's a hypocrite and uh, she's got this pink head, and so he calls her the pink Pinkhead Beach Whale. And she is huge. She could really do with um, uh, losing a few, quite a few kgs. I, I would say decades of them. <laughs> anyway, so this fellow, um, he he basically that he's saying that the Auckland University they didn't deem. Uh, it, that it was such a big risk for her, and it wasn 't a risk. nothing ever happened to her. All she got was a whole lot of people disliking her because she 's a silly cow anyway now we 're now looking at what happened yesterday in Christchurch. We had the big the big day fascinators you know what they are fascinators they 're those things that women wear, usually women or probably trans trannies would wear them as well transvestites they are little things that you put women put on the head to go to, um, you know, things like the races and, um, you know, some of them here look quite lovely Fascinators, heels and colourful suits de at the Christchurch Cup that was yesterday Flash Fashion was out in force in Christchurch yesterday with 13,000 people they headed to Addington Raceway for the biggest harnessing racing event in New Zealand that was the uh, IRT, New Zealand Trotting Cup Day and uh, looking at those photographs of these overweight women, unbelievable, just, uh, they're obese, there's one on the left, I'm looking at a photograph here, and the colours just seem ridiculous, just all these colours, it's just, I don't know, and then the men, some of the men are dressed like, they look like court jesters, I mean, it's just unbelievably bad taste, when you consider how they look in Melbourne, um, how people look in the United Kingdom when they go to the races, we just look like, court jesters here and big fat overweight women what is wrong with you can't you just lay off the cakes i mean there's one on the left there she doesn't look too bad she's still pretty plump and uh, they're all they're actually all obese and I, I, I what's wrong with us we're eating far too many carbohydrates it makes you dumb and stupid Dumb and stupid the same thing isn't it Makes you stupid and fat According to Jordan Peterson And that's that's why And they want to fill us up With this stuff They want us dumb And fat They want us To die early And that's what's going to happen to you If you just carry on Just filling your Filling your guts Full of Just uh, terrible Peasant food Really Rice Peasant food That's what it is Potatoes You know You can survive on it But you're not going to do well on it Potatoes just, It's all peasant food Pasta you know, it's just, it's just designed to make you feel like you've had a meal. And in actual fact, you've, there's no real proper nutrients in it anyway. Nothing really any good. It'll sustain life, but it w- you won't be healthy. You need meat, girls and boys. Meat is what you want. You need protein in you. That's the racing fuel for human beings. 13 minutes past five. Back in a moment with some more news from me, Grunter. Here at Liberty NZ Breakfast.
5: I'm six foot. If I go up against a six foot guy and I play basketball with him, he's going to body me. And even what even if I go against you? Even if I have years more of training. And so it's like you're taking away the little opportunity that we're given and we all work so hard for. And you're just giving it back to biological guys. It's like this will be the end of women's sports.
3: That's right. That's right. That's Pearl. OK, students are not testing for COVID. They're turning up sick. According to, this is for the NCEA exams. That's the dumb, dumb exams anyway. Should be Cambridge, much more difficult NCEA. So that's the exam for dummies. And what do they say here? It says that um, we've got uh, some students with COVID-19 are still turning up. How do they know they've got COVID-19? What a load of rubbish. Auckland Secondary Principals Association President and Orewa College Principal Greg Pierce. he told Checkpoint's Lisa Owen last night... That he'd noticed more students wearing masks in the run up to the NCA exams. That's because they're stupid. Wearing masks, if they'd read the Cochrane Report instead of watching television or all the ads that have come across the, their uh, laptops and their phones, uh, they'd know that masks do not work. All they do is just, um, you're just basically just coughing up and breathing up dead cells, and then you've got it, and then that's what's making you crook. So, um, yep, masks do not work. You need fresh air fresh air, the, and that's what you, what you need, and there's no viruses, and if you want to know more about that, you go to uh, Sam Bailey, com, or you get over to Odyssey and you look out for Sam Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, viruses, there's no evidential foundation for them, they're just, in my opinion, they're just designed to cover up um, medical misadventure when they, they poison you and make you ill with their uh, vaccinations and their... Um, you know, pharmaceutical sorcery. Uh, you, you'll sometimes get a problem because of that, and I believe that's what it is. And I know I I'm absolutely convinced that the long COVID is basically just vaccine injuries. And if you go to New Zealand, doctors speaking out with science, they're coming to that conclusion as well. They're becoming very I wouldn't say militant, but they're being very strong. And today also is the day we might just whip across to them, because it's a very important day today. It's the red. Something day. Oh well, I'll get to it in a minute because i now I can't find it. I've got so much open here. Honestly, it's a wonder the old computer can can actually manage it all. <laughs> Sixteen minutes past five, and we're still at News Hub. And we're looking at the um, silly students wearing masks, but um, but most people, you know, can't be bothered with it all. Basically, the that's the that's the um, the nuts and bolts of it. They just they don't want to know about this COVID rubbish. They don't believe the government anymore. They don't believe the advertising. They're just getting on with their life. They're sick to death of it all. Sick to death of the lockdowns. And I think if they tried that stunt again, they'd be, uh, they'd, be they'd they'd have a lot more resistance because a lot more people have woken up. Now, also, there's um, the Auckland to Northland, the Brendu. And hills, this, there's really there's really a big problem there on State Highway One. They're going to be closing it. Oh, of course, right around Christmas time, they're going to be closing it to repair some of the cyclone damage. Why don't they wait till after Christmas? That's what I'd like to know. It is important that and I actually think they need to look at an alternative route. Actually, because it's always it's always slipping, isn't it? Has been for years. It's a dumb idea if you ask me to go up over the top of those hills. They should have gone round the side of it. They could have put a nice motorway round there. But it's not a bad Bad trip for light traffic to go either side. You can go around the coast. Um, where do you go? Sort of um, through Waipu, and uh, then you head up, head south rather from Waipu. If you well coming north, you'd come up through Mangawhai, wouldn't you? Yeah, and go that way, and that's not too bad. Or you could go Highway 14, go uh, Dargaville, and come up through the hospital into Whangarei That's not so nice, uh, but it's you know it's different. It's all different, but it is a bit of a problem for. For, for businesses, you know, that are up here, and so, you know, something needs to be done about that, but they're going to be closing it on and off uh, right through the summer, so that's nice, isn't it? Okay, now we're over in, I think that's just about, oh, vandalism, no, better talk about this. Oh, by the way, we've also got, we'll talk about that mystery, um, that man that was poisoned as well, and he was poisoned, it was murder, they put paracourt in his port he likes port and he's a fantastic guy apparently he's a Northland farmer his name is Dave Davin we'll talk about that in a moment Um, but Israeli forces are outside the Al Shefa um, hospital in Gaza and they offer to send in incubators but of course the the the, the, the terrorists put a stop to that, and because they've got all their bullets and, you know, all their, um, mach- what do you call it, all they're their firing from the hospitals, they keep all their supplies in there. Israel, it's, a, it's very difficult for them, but they're very good at it, and they do the best, and they're not carpet bombing, that's all just propaganda from the West uh, for people that love Muslim terrorists. It's just ridiculous. Now, we've had a bit of vandalism going on on buildings over the, the last few days. A, pl- a pro-terrorist uh, actually terrorist group, that's what I would call them, they call themselves pro-Palestinian group, but they're really just pro-Hamas, aren't they? And it's not just Hamas that's um, doing all the killing and, and and breathing fire and hate towards the Jews in the Middle East, in fact all over the world. They are pretty much just Muslim terrorists, really. There's, there's jihadi groups, there's all sorts happening there in the Gaza Strip. It's just a seething pot of hatred really and even the kids at school they learn to hate the Jews and the textbooks according to um, Noni Darwish whose father was a terrorist he was shot and killed by the uh, by the Israeli uh, IDF uh, years ago but she is pro-Israel because she realises that it is just a death cult and uh, so many people that have come out of that uh, terrible uh, death cult have become Christians, they speak very uh, They speak strongly against it, and they know that it's basically just brainwashing. Uh, Really, it's the worst kind of brainwashing you could have. I mean, we go on about places like Gloria Vale here in New Zealand, you know, they try and make out that that's brainwashing. But really, the brainwashing that's going on in Gaza of children, they learn to hate from a very young age. Anyway, a group called Tamaki for Palestine has claimed responsibility for splashing uh, buildings with red paint, and tagging them with words, Cease fire now. They said said the paint represented thousands of Palestinian men, women and children killed by Israel over the past 37 days and before. But locals and Jewish representatives said the act was pointless and went too far. It will change nothing, said one man. Creates damage. A bit of fun for the people who did it. No change at all. Want to help the people in Gaza? Go there and help them that 's what he says. Another person says, I get that people are upset about what 's going on. One woman said that i i don 't know what benefit the vandalism is going to have uh, to have to to do whatever vandalism is going to have to have to them. Oh. Sometimes people, they quote people and they can't really string a sentence together. But John Minto, now he's hated Jews for all of his life pretty much. Uh, he's been doing this for decades. He's a leftist, um, stayed at university far too long. John Minto, um, I can remember my father in law didn't like him. <laughs> is <laughs> one good thing. Uh, John Minto, National Chair for Palestine Solidarity Network, Aotearoa. Just listen to it. It's just so leftist. Since when did we become Aotearoa, John? When was the referendum on that one? He said that it was an effective way. Listen to this. He's actually inciting it. He says it's an effective way to, to splash paint on buildings into, into uh, vandalise buildings to get the point across, that's what he says in terms of a genocidal slaughter of civilians in Gaza, which is happening at the moment, it is a minor inconvenience compared to the suffering over there according to Minto, you maniac uh, his group had no involvement in the vandalism, yes but you're encouraging it, you may as well because what you are, you're a spokesperson words, words are powerful John and you've just you've just uh, basically inciting more people to do even more damage, but he said that he fully understood the motivation behind the Tamaki for Palestine doing it. So, he, although his group wasn't involved in it, he understands it. So, he's supporting them, he said, I applaud the people for trying to raise the issue in a way that says we must value Palestinian lives as much as we value any other lives. Uh, so what you're really doing is, if, there's a, if there was a halt to the um, ceasefire, there was a ceasefire, John. It was on the 6th of October, and Hamas and the others broke it. The terrorists broke it and, and slaughtered 1,200 civ- uh, civilians. And I think there was about nearly 300, 260 or something soldiers that were killed, and they took away 240 roughly. Uh, people kidnapped them and took them back, dragged them back to Gaza, so no mention of that, never any mention of that, the, these half-wits. Uh, anyway, he applauds these people that are doing this, so that people that are vandalising buildings, so you should be taken in for questioning and locked up and, st- and stand trial because you are a ringleader. The New Zealand government had not outwardly condemned Israeli actions, something Minto criticised. He said that it was a big issue. Uh, that a few spl- uh, he said, What did he say? He said that it, it was a bigger issue than a few splashes of red paint. It's more than just a few splashes of red paint, you maniac. They've, they've done thousands of dollars worth of damage splashing their red paint, and goodness knows if it's oil paint, that's going to be difficult to get off. And uh, why couldn't they just use tomato sauce or something? <laughs> why did they have to use paint? Because they wanted to cause damage. They are vandals. And um, what we should be talking about is why the U.S. and why New Zealand rem- are remaining silent in the face of genocide. It's certainly not genocide. It's uh, strategic taking out the, these people, these terrorists who attack them first. And um, so anyway, spokesman for New Zealand Jewish Council, Juliet Moses, she thought vandalism simply went too far. I agree with her. She said it's certainly disturbing uh, Sort of a, a protest, of course, against Israel is completely legitimate, she says. and yeah, it is. It is legitimate. But, of course, it is illegal to deface property. She said it was much more hurtful to the community with the swatch sticker graffiti of the statue of Jewish former Auckland Mayor, Sir Dovermyer Robinson, on the weekend defacing a statue of a Jewish man who has encountered anti-Semitism during his life, With a SWAT sticker is extremely upsetting. It's a desecration of his legacy, and he was one of the greatest mayors Auckland had, in fact, probably New Zealand had, and yet another threat against the Jewish community. Moses said someone needed to speak out about this kind of hurtful message that were being spread during the uh, Gaza conflict. There really needs to be someone who says very strongly that protest is fine, but threats and incitement like the ones John Minto is doing uh, and this kind of is escalating civil unrest is not okay. Tony Khan, he's in my group, president of the New Zealand Friends of Israel. That's the group that I'm involved in. And he said, Tony's a great guy. He's Asian, actually, an Asian Jew. He supports the freedom of speech, of course, as we all do. But vandalism and hate speech, well, I'm not so sure about that hate speech. I think all speech should be free speech. Nothing wrong with hate speech, mate. It's just, uh, you just just... Uh, voicing your opinion, there's no such thing as hate speech, I just think vandalism, that's right, and threatening violence, that sort of thing, inciting violence that's different, hate speech, I think it was a bad choice of words Tony have to say he says when you start vandalising things and drifting into hate speech now I totally disagree with that line um, he says you cross the line clearly we have, gosh so, people are so influenced by the media aren't they with the hate speech nonsense, all speech is speech, there should be, it doesn't matter whether it's hateful or not can't all be lovey-dovey? Sometimes we have to say things that are hateful, and we, what do we do? Do we do we? You know, sometimes there's a time to hate things. The Bible says, "God hatest all workers of iniquity. He hates people that that commit sin. Doesn't like them. That's what it says. Psalms five five and Psalms six and seven. If you don't believe me? Don't believe me? Read it for yourself. That's the trouble with us. We don't we believe what other people tell us. The Bible says, now, Justice for Palestine spokesperson Samira Saitan said that New Zealand government was complicit for not calling for a ceasefire. You can't have a ceasefire when you're in the middle of a war. There was a ceasefire, like I said, before October the 7th, and the the Muslim terrorists broke it. Okay, so that's that story, and there's more than just a few splashes of paint. They've just gone and tipped bucket loads, litres of the stuff. Uh, I think it's the Citibank building, um, the U.S. consulate building. Uh, The U.S. supports the rights of people to voice their opinion through peaceful protests, but civil protests do not include vandalizing property. A United States embassy spokesman said, we stand with the people and the government of Israel. We also stand with Palestinian civilians. Uh, They said that the U.S. recognize the legitimate aspirations of the Palestinian people, and we support equal measures for justice or of justice and freedom of Israelis and Palestinians alike reiterating US President Joe Biden's comments we know the the humanitarian situation is urgent and we continue to focus on addressing the humanitarian needs of civilians that are in dire straits a secretary of US uh, quoting him the US secretary uh, what's his name Anthony Blinken uh, the spokesperson said addressing the humanitarian crisis in Gaza aligns with our uh, nation's most deeply held principles including our belief that every civilian life is equally valuable and we heard from general Kemp i'll bring him out now just i 'll bring him out in a second and you can you can hear about that right now here's Barry Smith how long have you got? what day will you die? How long have you got if you're 60 you've really only got ten more years left according to the Bible
9: one my
8: name is Barry Smith. I was born in 1933. According to the Word of God, I may have 16 more years left. That's how you number your days. You can all have a go at that if you like. Do a simple sum. If I am a very strong sort of a person and I think I might live longer than the rest, I've done a Charles Atlas course. <laughs> Who's heard of Charles Atlas? He's the man who makes the man with a puny body have a strong body. I heard of one man who sent away for a Charles Atlas course and he wrote back again, he said, Dear Mr. Atlas, I have done your muscle building course, please send me the muscles. (laughs) If you think you're extra strong because you're training and doing a bit of extra work on the old body, let's have a look, you might make it a bit further. We'll put 54 from here. And we go a little bit more from 80 altogether. 4 from 10, 6, payback, and 6 from 8, 2. You might have 26 years, but you don't know. You don't know. A little boy said to his mother, How old are people when they die? And mum said, Go to the graveyard, son, and take a piece of string and measure the graves, and when you get a different length for a grave, put a knot in the string. And when the boy came back, the string was full of knots, And he said, Mum, I have found the graves are all different lengths. There are small graves, there are middle-sized graves, there are big graves. And that's why the Bible says, number our days and apply our hearts unto wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Why do you think you're in this meeting this morning? By the grace of God. Some of you didn't want to come this morning. You were dragged out of bed kicking and struggling. Even I could have done with an extra hour. The reason you're here is by the grace of God to listen to the word of God and to worship God who created you and sent his son, Jesus, to die for you.
3: That's right. The wonderful Barry Smith. Gosh, I miss that guy. I really do. I can't wait to see him again. It'll be wonderful. And if you're a Christian, you will get to see Barry again. I've met him, met him spoken to him, and he's just a delightful A delightful man he was. Okay, now we're just back on the story here. It says that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade declined to comment. This is to do with the vandalism of the buildings, the anti-Jewish sentiment. Basically it is. They're just anti-Semites, people that hate the Jews. And you've got to remember that the Gazan people that live there, they want the destruction of all Jews and Christians. They don't like us. Why is that? Well, because the Jews are God's chosen people, and we are people of the book. So first they're going to get rid of the Jews, and then they're going to get rid of the Christians. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. You've just got ignorant people, really. Now, one person has been arrested in connection with the vandalism and will appear on the Auckland District Court charged with willful damage. So Tamaki for Palestine declined any further comment, according to Radio New Zealand. So let's just hear, shall we, just how good the Israeli Defence Force is in dealing with... Just, let's have a listen to a colonel, for the, um, a UK colonel, and he's been in Afghanistan and all over, and what he thinks about the Israeli Defence Force. When the infamous Goldstone report excoriated Israel and
10: exonerated Hamas, UN Watch fought the report and changed the debate...
7: I am the former commander of British forces in Afghanistan. I served with NATO and the United Nations, commanded troops in Northern Ireland, Bosnia and Macedonia, and participated in the Gulf War. Mr President, based on my knowledge and experience, I can say this. During Operation Cast Lead, the Israeli Defence Forces did more to safeguard the rights of civilians in a combat zone than any other army in the history of warfare.
10: When Colonel Kemp's speech went viral, UN Watch
3: continued to campaign against the Goldstone report and Judge Goldstone retracted. There you go. 29 minutes to six here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. And uh, that was about Colonel Kemp. Wasn't he good? Yes, he's very good. Yeah, very good. very good. Friend of Israel, I would say. Now, we're back here in New Zealand and we're looking at this uh, here uh, crime story, really. This is the front page. This is the big news for Radio New Zealand this morning. Family seek clues into the port. That's, you know, like sherry. Port, drinking port. Poisoning. That's the port poisoning death of Hirokino farmer Dave Davin. Now, he's apparently a wonderful bloke. Very few people report their own murder, but that's exactly what Dave Davin did as he lay dying in hospital. 2 years on, friends and family are still hopeful someone will be held to account for the death by poisoning port at the uh, the hard case, he's a hard case farmer. He's a hard-working northern farmer. And now uh, in November, 2021, Dave David found two bottles left anonymously at his letterbox uh, on remote Puhata Road in the Hiroquino area, a farming settlement just south of Kaitaya. So someone had given him a nice wee present, and it wasn't a good present. The 67-year-old had barely finished the glass when he fell to the floor and was violently ill. It took until the following morning before he could drag himself to the phone to call his son Conrad, who farms further north in Awanui. Conrad Davin said his father was convinced that he'd been poisoned. He had noticed the metal seal on the second bottle was broken, but didn't think too much of it. He also noticed a slight difference in taste. But assumed that was because the bottle had been unsealed. His father seemed but not with port you can leave it unsealed for you know a month that's why they make port that was designed so that uh, wine wouldn't go off on the ships so they, they turned they fortified it so that it would last longer. So it was, wine was you know arriving at you know after thousands of miles travelling across the, the oceans uh, that didn't do too well in the hulls uh, in the hold of the ships. Anyway, so he seemed like he was coming right initially, but four days later he was admitted to Kaitaia Hospital with kidney failure. And as his condition deteriorated, he was admitted to Whangarei Hospital before being flown to the intensive care unit in Auckland Hospital. Before he lost consciousness, he was able to tell police and family that he believed what had happened. He also ensured police were, uh, ensured police were able to test the remaining port. Those tests revealed that the wine... The port wine had been laced with a strict and uh, restricted, rather, and deadly herbicide paracort. Oh man, that's just terrible, isn't it? Now, Conrad David said that he spent about a, a week at his father's bedside at Auckland before he died on Decem- December ninth, 2021. He described his father as the best fella I knew, a wonderful grandfather to his boy, and he was a jack of all trades. He could shear a sheep, kill a pig, or fix a truck. Uh, skills that he'd passed on to his sons. He was also the life of the party, a joker, a man with many friends. He loved to socialise. Dad was humorous, a real funny guy. And if you went to a party, you'd hear my dad. He was loud. He always had some, everybody laughing. And he was the life of the party. It wasn't the same without Dave Davin there. Conrad Davin, that's his son, said that he wanted his father's killers brought to justice, killer or killers, uh, you can't go around doing things like this to people. I just want someone held accountable. And I think it's very strange that, you know, they haven't gone a bit further. His brother, Grant David, this is um, the yeah, the brother, he also lives just up the road uh, from where his brother used to farm. And uh, they grew up together and they went out most weekends of the old comma truck. And there's a picture of Grant standing in front of his lovely old comma truck. I wouldn't mind one like that. Very nice. And so he said, I think a lot about him. Now, Davin said, Paracourt is so deadly, his brother didn't stand a chance. They put him in a coma, but the stuff that he drank, it only takes a teaspoonful. It attacks every organ in your body. So they didn't have much hope for him. Uh, whoever did it knew what they were doing. And it's restricted. Uh, whoever did this knew that Port was Dave Davin's favorite tipple. That's just sort of like a slang word for it drink. I don't know if you use that overseas but we do here and it was um, it was proof according to the family the murderer knew him well. In December last year around the time of the first anniversary of the death friends and family pulled together $50,000 for a reward for information leading to the, a conviction. No one has tried to claim it yet and um, a close friend Brent Evans he was a city boy learning the ropes on the the farm in Hirakino and when he met Dave Davin I really miss him he said he was a good mate and uh, we stayed in touch when we went our separate ways he was a joker he was always uh, had a nickname for everyone and so they go on there it's all very good while it was disappointing the reward so far has not led to an arrest Evan said that he had taken heart from the recent uh, trial of David Benbow in Christchurch in that case police managed to secure a conviction for a murder 6 years earlier with no body only circumstantial evidence so people seem almost to regard it as just another death but it's murder, that's what you've got to keep reminding yourself Um, it is underhanded, well thought out sneaky and a low life serious crime, the intent to kill uh, it's hard to believe that someone would do this but they're just walking around out there, living the life of Riley, while uh, they've got I think they've got away with it. Anyone with information about Dave Davin's death up in Northland should contact the Northland Police by calling um, zero one zero five Crime Stoppers anonymously. Uh, yeah, wow, we—that's just like who would do that? Who would do that? Poison the guy? Usually poison. I don't know. Is that a female thing? You I mean you've got to be you've really you've gotta be asking was he married? I mean, I can't believe that no one's been brought in brought in. You know, is he is he divorced? You know, usually they look for family, don't they, first? So I'm kinda of surprised. But it'd be nice it'd be nice if the if the um whoever's doing this report, who was it now? Who wrote this one? I don't know if they're gonna put their name on it. Let's have a look. Uh Peter deGraff. It would be nice if we could hear from the police what they say, how they're going with their lines of inquiry. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, 22, 27, Is it twenty-two? Twenty-two minutes to six, and uh, we'll bring you some TNT Radio news at six. So that's the big story there at Radio New Zealand. We'll be back with News Hub in just a moment.
5: Binary. Lots of women can't get pregnant either.
3: Yeah, but they're still of the
5: nature to get pregnant. The only but reason they can't get pregnant. Yes, but truth they... matters, right? It it does. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Truth matters and they can't okay. get pregnant I- that's the truth so how are they still women Because they are
6: for for this for the same reason for the for the same reason that I that I can rightly say that human beings have two legs and if a person is born with only one leg that doesn't call into question the statement that human beings have two legs okay a person being born with one leg doesn't mean that now legs are on a spectrum, and we can't say we can't say anything at all about how many legs a person has. Who knows? They could have, They could be a centipede. You know? They could have. A, they could have a hundred legs. No, we know human beings have two legs.
3: If a human is born without two legs, something went wrong. They were supposed. Yeah, they were supposed to have two legs. Okay. We're on, we're on. Okay, it's um, time to carry on now with News Hub. And you've got the Maricopa fugitive, they're calling him, Tom Phillips, believed to have fathered another child before vanishing. That's what they're saying. Gosh, I, I just feel like they've got it in for this guy. He's obviously getting help from the locals. And police are really upset that they can't capture him. He's been he been gone for like twenty months or something. I think it was uh, back in November or December 2021. <laughs> he sort of evaded them. But you know, the, the, why were they after him in the first place? I mean, and he's I just think he was take, protecting his kids from being jabbed. That's what I think. Maybe maybe his partner or wife or you know ex or somebody want, wanted the kids to be jabbed. He's got three beautiful children. Uh, he's been I think it's been twenty three months. He's been on the loose. Uh, So it says here, last week, News Hub asked police about the red farm bike quad, was reported stolen, a quad bike that was back on November the 2nd from the Maricopa property. So they're sort of accusing him of, you know, bank. (laughs) he's a bank robber. They've got these photographs of, you know, people that, there's no way you could tell that was Tom Phillips and they've got some woman now, they're trying to pretend that's one of his little daughters. They're, They're little children. And um, as if, you know, you know, a father, and he's a good dad too, apparently, according to people that know him, um, as if he'd take them along on an armed robbery. I mean, this is just nuts. So anyway, on Tuesday, police revealed what they believed, <laughs> as they put that in, was the missing father, Tom Phillips, and one of his children that drove that bike south. <sighs> They claim yeah, I'm glad they put this in it's almost it's like r um, news hub are doubtful as, as what the police are saying as well. I think they just got egg on their face that they couldn't capture he's outwitted them. And um, they're now accusing him of bank robbery and what was the other and, and stealing bikes and all this sort of rubbish. Uh, I don't I don't think any of that's true, I have to say. I think we've got a corrupt police in this country. Just wicked. Anyway, they claim that CCTV footage shows the the um, POPO. Uh, that, that they were in POP apparently when they were alleged to have broken the front glass of a store before fleeing north as the alarm sounded about 2 a.m. in the morning if you're going to take your little children out at 2 a.m. in the morning to do a robbery. It's just crazy stuff. You know, no dad would do that. No, Just, there's no way. And uh, anyway, police say they reported the sightings of a red quad bike Um, or they say any reporting rather it's the best chance they have to locate Tom I just think that's rubbish he's got these children with him Jada, Maverick and Ember they haven't been seen for 23 months and a news hub has learnt that a former girlfriend of Phillips who police believe had a baby with prior to disappearing has been helping with the investigation it's understood she gave birth to a baby boy about two years ago Police sources confirmed that they know who the woman is and have spoken with her several times as part of the routine inquiries. But Tom Phillips, as he's accused of robbing the Tikalwiti ANZ bank at gunpoint in May, just rubbish, with a female who they were seen. Uh, there's no way. I'm, I've seen the photos. I've seen the CTV footage. There's no way you could say that it was him uh, on the back of a motorbike, some female, and then Police National Headquarters, uh, they'll not be drawn on whether they know who the female is. I mean, they're, they're just pissed off that they haven't caught this guy. He's smarter than they are. Tom Phillips's mother, Julia, called the new information about the girlfriend past history when approached by NewsHub and said, Right now, what's important is the focus on information that brings Jada, Maverick and Ember home safely. People say he's a good dad. Police say he's a bank robber and a thief. I don't buy it. Not at all. Now, not everyone showed up yesterday. Luxon's this is uh, election news. Uh, we've got uh, Luxon Seymour fly back to Auckland after no show from Peters. So he's not showing up. I suppose we could have a quick look at that. And uh, it says here, it is a video one. So Luxon and Seymour both flew to Wellington yesterday for talks. And it was expected Winston Peters would also fly into the capital. However, he never showed up. I, you know, I don't like this. Asked where the boss was, Shane Jones, that's the deputy for New Zealand First. He said, we're on our way to have a group solidarity lunch. I mean, they're just dragging their heels. This is what happened back in the 90s when Peter, Peters went in with all these Maoris and uh, they held the country to ransom for ages. He denied there was an impasse. His team were either, well, we'll let, why don't we hear it? Let's let the public know what's going on. So anyway, perhaps Peter's refusal to fly to Wellington was designed to serve as a lesson, and reminder to Christopher Luxon that although he is the leader of the biggest party, he does not have total control of how negotiations go. They've already so Nationals already put um, sort of put a plan of policies to Winston Peters to the New Zealand First Party, and they've basically rejected them. But you know, Peters said they can work together. I mean, they might even sit it out and just sit on the crossbenches and not be part of the government, they could probably do more good. That would mean that every policy that they passed, because they don't have enough votes, enough seats in the House, everything would still have to go through the New Zealand First Party, Winston Peters' party. The Winston First Party. <laughs> NewsHub understands that ACT and New Zealand First were unhappy with, the, uh, with being lowballed by National, leading to the great thawing of New Zealand First Act relations and uh, multiple meetings of the minor parties. Uh, Minor Partners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. Later on Tuesday. That was, yeah, what are we up to now? Thursday. Oh, that was later on. on, Way back. Old news. They seem to update their news at the top of the uh, item and leave it all um, uh, undone at the bottom. So there we are. And then you have also got Patrick Gower. He's got a story there about he thinks that New Zealand should become a republic. I'm beginning to think so myself, actually. World Cup rugby. Now, the uh, World Cup rugby concede All Blacks World Cup try should have been allowed. And uh, so that was in the last game. It should have been allowed. And you've got the Kiwi protester who egged the Queen during the 1986 trip to New Zealand speaks out. And that's another little doco that Patrick Gower, Patty Gower has done. In religion, the Vatican orders an investigation into the Christchurch Catholic group over allegations of abuse and unauthorised exorcism and a former top cop tells Christchurch mosque inquest there should be more uh, uh, interagency training over there. Moving across to Australia and the Australia Mushroom Lunch Poisoning Saga, alleged murderer Erin Patterson, she's to sell her home in Melbourne. The Australian woman. Uh, she is at the centre of a deadly mushroom meal. That's that was put her but she's put her home up for sale it comes after australian homicide detectives arrested and charged erin patterson with murder earlier this month and what they described as the next step in a complex and thorough investigation don and gail patterson erin's former parents-in-law get rid of the mum and dad-in-law and heather wilkinson became sick and later died after attending a lunch cooked by erin in the rural victoria town of Leon Gartha in late July. Patterson was charged with three counts of murder and five counts of attempted murder. The murder charges and two attempted murder charges related to the fatal meal on July 29th. The final three attempted murder charges relate to three separate incidents in Victoria between 2021 and 2022. Police allege the poisoning was caused by death cap mushrooms. And so she's got this three-bedroom home. It's at Mount Waverley in Melbourne. And uh, is it Melbourne? I think it's Melbourne. Uh, Ray White have got that up for sale, and they think it'll it's going to auction on Saturday, and they think that it'll get around a million dollars Australian. Uh, but that wasn't the home where the where she um, fed the um, if if where she fed the mushrooms. And apparently, yes. Well, apparently, it says here, yeah, the public record showed the property. Was transferred from joint ownership by Erin and Simon Patterson into Erin's name alone in 2021. I think even that's a bit dodgy. Uh, so it traded hands in 2019 for 931 thousand uh, Australian dollars, and it's believed Patterson used the townhouse as an investment property while living in a home she built in the Victorian town of Leon Gar- it Looks like Leon Gartha. Uh, the site of the alleged mushroom poisoning that killed the three people. Patterson has always maintained that she did not intentionally poison the guests and denied any wrongdoing whatsoever. So
5: I just went to the library because I refuse to give any money to Jordan Peterson. And I got this, his 12 Rules for Life book, and I'm going to read it so I can critique it and expose him for his bigotry and misogyny.
7: Approximately 10 hours later,
5: well, I cleaned my room and made my bed. <laughs> and for some strange reason, I'm craving lobster.
1: Mm. <sighs> it's true. It's
3: true. They keep saying that Jordan is all these things, and he is not any of those things. No, he's definitely not. Okay, now we're going to hear from George Christensen uh, about climate change corruption. We'll have a listen to that now. And then we've got news at TNT coming up. It's 12 minutes to 6 here with Grant Edwards on the Liberty and Said
2: Breakfast. Good morning. I rise to paint a picture of climate change, a picture where Camden, just to the southwest of. Oh, actually,
3: that's really boring. I won't play that. I've got something better here for you that I want, I want you to hear, but I can't, can't, can't find it. Where's it gone? Oh, okay. Oh, what's that? What's the story there, mate? Um, you yeah, know, I had a bit of a hiccup this morning, lost quite a bit of stuff, <laughs> but I do have something here. I've, uh, it's, yeah, I've got something from Douglas Murray. That's what I want you to hear. Douglas, where are you, Douglas? Doug. Doug. Douglas, here he is. Have a listen to this. I think I've just got time to hear this from Douglas Murray. And then after the six o'clock, we'll hear from John Tamahiri. He's inciting violence. He, th- he wants the marriage to rise up against the whiteys. What about this issue around the pro-Palestinian
6: marches and specifically the one planned for Armistice Day here in London on Saturday? Do you think it should go ahead?
0: Well, uh, my own view is that it shouldn't, and it shouldn't because it's not because it should be banned, but because it's a grotesque insult to the British people. Uh, It's a deliberately provocative day to choose for such a march. It's a deliberately provocative march. As the Telegraph showed just yesterday, around half of the organisers of the march are themselves linked with Hamas, uh, which isn't at all surprising. We have Hamas commanders, after all, who live in London very safely, often on welfare. Um, And uh, so yes, I think it's an intolerable march. It's an intolerable provocation to the British public and the British government and the British police, by the way, who Saturday after Saturday have been made to put up with unbelievable taunting and abuse uh, from the marchers. Uh, it's clearly, it's, it's very clear by now. Appears that what is happening is that every week the the crowds are pushing and seeing if they can push the police further and further, harder and harder, and be more and more provocative. And they're managing to do that. Uh, but th- this is culminating this weekend here here's the thing I, I i don't think and i certainly read and hear that large numbers of the british public are just not going to put up with this uh the but, but, let, me, but let me pick you it up might on be that diverted away from whitehall but, right you
6: know. but let me pick you up on that
0: because it's interesting because
6: you like me have been a very vocal you know and passionate defender of free speech. And we know that that includes that, sure. that you have to accept that other people you may vehemently disagree with have a right to free speech. You know, Christopher Hitchens, someone well, that you and I yeah, both but admire. This isn't, this... No, I'm, I'm going to come to my question. But Christopher Hitchens said the only thing that should be upheld at all costs and without qualification is the right of free expression. Because if that goes, then so do all sure. of the claims of right as well. Now, what was interesting to me, I've been on yeah. a bit of a journey this week about what I really think about this. And Nicholas Soames actually said something that really made me sit up and take notice and change my mind about it, actually, because he's Churchill's grandson. He's a conservative. um, And he said strongly Mm. yesterday that he thinks the march should be allowed to go ahead because the very freedoms that the Mm. people on Armistice Day who we honour, who gave their lives uh, in the wars, Mm. they did so to preserve the freedoms of People like those marches—the ones who are not being violent, Ooh, the ones who are not no, showing pro-Hamas stuff sure that they have a right to, to protest?
0: Well. Well, uh, we'll, well, we'll try to single those two things out for a second. Uh, first of all, I don't regard Nicholas Soames as a sort of hereditary uh, 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 inheritor of the mantle of Churchill just because he happens to be his grandson. Um, uh, and besides what you quoted from Christopher earlier, uh, he would never have uh, said that that right extended to supporting terror groups. I mean, we're in a total quandary in the UK, as you know, and it's a despicable quandary to be in. We host him as leaders. We have a deputy prime minister, a former deputy prime minister of Iran living in Harrow. We've been at the centre of allowing these people to be in our country and indeed to plot terror from our country for years. So it's always a bit rich to hear the British, I think, uh, lecturing others about being an unsound part uh, of of the international security uh, community. As for the actual marches, look, um, I'm afraid that the rules on this are very, very clear. Um, you are not allowed to glorify terror or call for terror on the streets of Britain. And that existed before the 2006 Terrorism Act banned glorification. And it certainly exists now. But uh, if you stand on the streets of London calling for jihad, you are calling for terror. And that is actually a place where free speech is at its limit and is no longer permissible. It's the same with, for instance, calls for intifada on the London tubes. Remember, we had a touch of intifada on the London tubes a few years ago. So again, calling for intifada is something that you're not but allowed to about, do in the UK. Okay, you're but this, let me ask you murder. this. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to, let me finish one other case. Mm. You're not allowed uh, to stand on the streets of London and call for the murder of Jews or any other minority. No. And yet people have been getting away with this no, Saturday But these, but these Saturday. are, and, right. and, and are the police arresting people? No. Right. No, they're not. The police but, last week said, we're outnumbered. Right. So so that is a key
6: point. The police have said, Met Commissioner Samart Rowley said the laws created by Parliament are clear. There is no absolute power to ban protest. Therefore, there will be a protest this weekend. But the laws are also there to stop people brazenly supporting terrorism. So if people were to use a pro Hamas banner or chant pro Hamas uh, a sentiment, that mm. would be against the current law of this country and the police should
0: take action. That's a different issue isn't. though. But no, it, I, it is I, it is, but it's not being no, police. I understand it's so, not being police. I
6: understand. So on that I can agree with you. The police need to enforce the existing laws. However,
0: there will be a law But large they're not they're not going to because they're outnumbered. No, no but, but they're but outnumbered, You and, so they're you not and going I can to. agree that, that that's wrong, but that shouldn't mitigate the rights. Well, well, well don't you think that matters? Hang on, don't now, you think that matters. No, it does matter. That means that we have a rule of law, but it's not able to be policed. What's the point of having a law if you can't police? Well, it? I agree with you, but I also think that the, the, there are a
6: large number of those protesters who genuinely are, in their eyes,
0: protesting for peace, and they're pro-Palestinian, and they have a view in the way... Well, that I disagree with that. I disagree with that, and I'll tell you one reason why. Hmm. Uh, the crowds in question are 100 times larger than the number of people who came out when hundreds of thousands of people were being killed in Yemen. They are 100 times larger than the number of people who came out when Bashar al-Assad killed hundreds of thousands of people in Syria. Seems to me that the people in question only care if one side in the particular conflict happens to involve the Israelis. But they're allowed to. Very excited. But they're allowed to. So I don't, well, they're allowed to, absolutely. And and, and we can make judgments about them. Mm. But I would not presume by any means of what you're talking about, are pro-peace people. They're anti-Israeli. That's it. Well, but they're allowed to be anti-Israeli. I think that's the point. They're not allowed sure, they're allowed to be anti. If, if you're allowed to be in that case, I suppose we have to allow people to be anti other nations as well. I mean, Britain was founded at the same uh, sorry, Israel sorry was founded in the same year, within the year of Pakistan. Maybe we should allow large protests of uh, hundreds of thousands of people to go around the streets of uh, London protesting that Pakistan doesn't have a right to exist or a right to defend itself. Well, Maybe I don't think you. I don't, think, you have I don't a, think it's a good a good precedent whatsoever. Think, well, I don't, hang
6: on, I don't think you have a right to say that Israel doesn't exist. If you want the extermination of all people in Israel, well, that is that is a criminal offence. However, if you are literally, as I said
0: Well, it doesn't seem to be a criminal offence, Pierce. It doesn't no, seem no, to be a criminal. But you and I can I agree repeat, on that. I I I'm repeat, not disagreeing with position. We're clearly in a position where they're not policing the law. No, I understand. Otherwise we wouldn't have all of these videos of people inciting violence on the streets. But Douglas, you and I can agree that the
6: police need to enforce existing law. I, I don't there's no dispute between us on that and they should be doing that a lot more. But we also I think have to surely look at the people who are genuinely there in a non-violent manner, of which there are many. These are massive protests. I think back to the protests, for example, against Donald Trump when he came to London, against America because he was the president. We allowed that to happen. I didn't necessarily agree with sure. them, but we allowed them to happen. You know, I remember Madonna saying we should blow up the White House, a woman's march in
0: Washington. Sure. That happened, and people accepted that. Well, um, yeah, but, yeah, but here's, here's, a, here's a very important point on that, Piers. Uh, Madonna almost certainly, so far as I know, has no military capability behind her. So when Madonna says, I'd like to blow up the White House, it's a piece of stupid rhetoric uh, from a pop star. Um, when you've just had the largest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust and you have Hamas supporters and others marching through London calling for it to happen again, that does matter because there is a capability. So there is a difference, isn't there? Well, there is, but I don't think that all of these protesters are right. pro Hamas.
6: And the difference, the difference yeah, is I, whether I or not making... you have a
0: large artillery behind yeah, but
6: you. You. Wouldn't, you don't honestly think they're all pro Hamas, these people.
0: Well, I, I, I think that anyone who, for instance, chants things like, from the river to the sea, is, is in fact... Yes, but they're not all describe, doing that. ...or is criminally ignorant. Oh, well, they are. I mean, there's masses of videos of them marching past Westminster Abbey last week saying exactly that. Yeah, but they're not all uh, doing past it. Marching past the Westminster last I've week saying I've watched the videos, exactly. and there are well, lots of people okay, well, here, chanting, well, and some who okay, aren't. well, here's a challenge. Okay, well, here's a challenge, Piers. If you decided to go on some kind of march Mm. and in week one you discovered that you had the BNP along your side calling, for instance, for the murder of all black people, would you not wonder whether or not you should go on week two? Would you not drop out by about week three? I'd have thought so. I would. That's a good question.
6: Uh, And yes, I would. But that doesn't actually... Yeah, good, that shouldn't right, act-
0: so we can tell something about the marchers.
6: Well, you can tell that you can say that you have a view, your own opinion is they shouldn't be marching alongside these other people. However, they are still no, entitled it, in a yeah, free okay. democratic country like ours. And look, I, I don't have absolute opinions on this. I, I just think it's a really interesting test of how far free speech goes. Well, here's, and I do feel here's uncomfortable... Here's the interesting
0: test, if I can say yeah, so. Yeah, sure. The, the interesting test, if I can say so, Piers, is there are limits to this, in fact. You are not allowed to glorify the murder of people on the streets of Britain. You are not allowed to be a member of a prescribed terrorist group in Britain. But I return to the point I made at the start. We allow it. I repeat, we have Hamas commanders living in the UK who take welfare in the UK and use it to commit terror. Why are they not locked up? Because... We have laws that we don't pursue. We have criminal charges that we don't use. The person in particular I'm thinking of, Mohammed Sawalha, got British citizenship. You're meant to sign a form saying you're a person of good character to become a British citizen. Can you say that somebody who was a former military commander of Hamas in the West Bank is, quote, a person of good character? I'd say not. So, again, like the police, like
3: many other people, the border control in the U.K., doesn't enforce the law. Doesn't okay, care. we are going to leave that conversation with Piers Morgan and Douglas Murray until after the news from TNT Radio, coming up in just a few moments. won't be too long.
4: To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at tntradio.live.
1: Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A Ukrainian lawmaker who was formally notified this week that he was suspected of treason for allegedly cooperating with Russia's military intelligence said on Wednesday a Kiev court had ordered him detained for 60 days. Alexander Dubinsky, who is on a U.S. sanctions list, was told on Monday he was also suspected of spreading misinformation about Ukraine's political leadership. Mr. Dubinsky called the notice a suspicion fabricated and based on the absolute lies of top state officials. Meanwhile, Andrei Yermak, Head of the Office of the President of Ukraine and the Senior Advisor to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky told Special Report host Brett Baer that American taxpayers can rest easy about the use of American funds in the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict.
9: Our response is that American taxpayers can rest easy. It's everything under control and we really have the guarantees that all findings it's absolutely using under control of the American sites. And we are working very transparency and we need this support to win this war.
1: Residents of the Northwest Territories are heading to the polls on November 14th, more than a month after the election was originally set to be held. The election had been scheduled for October 3rd, but was delayed because of a wildfire season that saw about 70% of the territory's population under evacuation order. Legislature members voted unanimously to delay the election during a late August session in the town of Inuvik, as the capital of Yellowknife and its roughly 20,000 residents were under an evacuation order at the time. A lion that escaped from an Italian circus has been taking well-deserved naps to recover from a Saturday night out in the seaside town of La Dispoli. This sparked panic before authorities managed to recapture him. The adult lion named Kimba escaped from the Rony Roller Circus on Saturday afternoon was on the loose for around seven hours before he was sedated with an anesthetic dart. Footage and pictures, some taken by locals, went viral and showed the lion roaming around the town's streets, skirting houses and fences, and standing in front of a police car. Local authorities are investigating how the lion managed to get out of its mental enclosure. Venture capitalist David Sacks said on the Hills Rising podcast that Ukraine will probably have to come to the negotiating table with Russia soon that the Ukrainian side will collapse. And I think that the Biden administration is very interested in avoiding a situation like that, a collapse like that
4: before the election. So I think they're quite unsure what to do now. And I think you're seeing,
1: again, administration officials uh, now speaking more honestly about the situation because they see the urgency here. Belgian Deputy Prime Minister Petra de Souter has said that Israel should face repercussions for the massive civilian death toll from its anti-Hamas operation in Gaza. Here with more is TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen.
2: Now, this is one of the first times we've seen an official from a Western country or a major European country to even bring up a subject like this to threaten sanctions against Israel. So here you have the deputy PM of Belgium, and she's talking about trade restrictions, travel restrictions, and for good reason. Look at what's happening in Gaza right now. The Israeli government has been able to get away with what can only be described as a war crime. And not only that, a crime against humanity, the open bombing of civilian areas indiscriminately, using a powerful Western and U.S.-backed military to carry out what can only be described. According to the former director, he resigned recently from the U.N. High Commission on Human Rights. He called it a textbook case of genocide. And the Belgium deputy PM is now saying that we can't look away from this. Children are being slaughtered every day and she could be the first of many. Now, if this happens, you might see some changes in the Israeli attitude when threatened with isolation from the rest of the Western world. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen.
3: Thank you, Patrick. It is five minutes past six here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast. I'll be back with weather in just a moment. A better business
4: tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to TNTRadio.live.
3: Well, thank you very much for joining me here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast. We will be back with Douglas Murray and the interview he's having with Piers Morgan just uh, is very soon. It goes for about another four minutes. Let's look at the highs with weather right at the moment, the highs and lows the extremes, current extremes. Whitianga, 15.9 degrees, not all that warm, but you know we've had warmer. Uh, Waitaiti has uh, 2.4 and uh, Omarama has uh, 33 kilometres of wind blowing through there. Kaitai Airport's the wettest at the moment, just 0.4 millimeters of rain let's go across to weatherwatch.co.nz and look and see what's just see what's happening with uh, the forecast for today and we've got a front that's moving off to the northwest of the north island this morning and you've got showers clearing away a weakening front and a trough lie over the south island bringing cloud and a few showers The forecast for Northland, Auckland, Waikato and the Bay of Plenty, a few morning showers and then sunny spells increasing west to southwesterly winds die out later in the day. Highs today of 20 to 22 degrees. For the western North Island, including the central North Island, morning cloud, a chance of a shower and then sunny spells increasing. You've got to northwesterly winds as well, 16 to 19 degrees for the high. For eastern North Island, you've got to mostly sunny Wairarapa, There may be some morning cloud and then breaking away in the afternoon. Light winds tending onshore in the afternoon, 21 to 24 degrees for you. Down in Wellington, what have we got here? Well, we have got some morning lower level cloud with some southerlies. And then you've got northerlies picking up in the afternoon and you've got cloud breaking through or breaking away but expect some high cloud there 19 to 20 is the high for Marlborough and Nelson on the top of the South Island mostly sunny some high cloud west to north westerly winds 21 to 24 degrees. Uh, Canterbury you've got cloudy periods with a few showers mainly Banks Peninsula and south of there afternoon sunny spells break through especially north of Banks Peninsula the Kaikoura area may be mostly sunny all day and east to north easterly winds with a 17 to 20 degrees is the expected high there. For the west coast, a few showers and then sunny spells increasing from the afternoon. A few showers linger in Buller. Uh, onto the evening, and then you've got showers while easing for Fiordland from afternoon. They will linger in the evening. Uh, You've also got uh, west to southwesterly winds. They're going to die out in the evening. 13 to 19 degrees is your expected temperature today. For Southland and Otago, a few showers for Southland, clearing late afternoon or evening. Westerlies, fresh for coastal Southland, they die out later in the day. For central Otago, you have partly cloudy skies. Uh, coastal Otago may have morning sun and then a few showers develop later in the afternoon 13 to 19 degrees that is weather and uh, we'll be back with Jordan Peterson with uh, Douglas Murray in just a moment it's six minutes past six.
5: Earlier we spoke to David Seymour, he is making this treaty on the, Mm. uh, this referendum on the treaty a a bottom line basically in in coalition negotiations with the National Party. What's that going to do for the country?
7: Well see that's the tyranny of the majority. There will be uh, significant civil unrest and we don't, and uh, nor should any leader take us down that track.
5: This is what James Shaw said to us this morning as well. That he's concerned there could be violence if this if this referendum is held, that, well, we, that it could we've cause got no such choice. division.
7: But we've got no choice. You see, when when you back people into a corner and and they've got nothing else to do, they 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 have to resort to protest, right? Mm-hmm. And then that, and because we're well organised up and down the country, that that protest will will be uh, significant as it should be. There'll be uh, days of uh, national Mori action, and uh, they will close down Whangarei, Auckland, Tauranga, Hamilton, Wellington, and so we go. You see, so um, and, and when 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 we start rolling those, you then start to see the true capacity and capability of our movement. There will be significant uh, civil disobedience. I endorse. Uh, absolutely my right to protest uh, against any government. Mr Seymour will have to
3: answer that question, right? That's why he's probably hiring more cops and building more prisons. John Tamaheri, there, and I really think it's inciting violence. And, you know, he's right when he says the tyranny of the majority, because that is true in actual fact. Without a constitution, the majority can be tyrannical. And that's the problem, isn't it, without having a constitution. And that's what we need. But who's going to write that? The Maoris will have tribal law, won't we? Tribal rule. They certainly can't be. So um, I don't know. Uh, mm, well, what is New Zealand? This treaty. There needs to be a needs to be a referendum on it. I think. Does there? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we should have a referendum on the treaty? Do you think that we should be ruled by this little minority of people? It's not a racist comment to say that. One sixth of the country rule uh, five sixths of the country. Is that what it should be? They they claim really when it all boils down to this, that they say that they were here first. But if we could prove that they weren't here first, that would negate their, the whole argument, wouldn't it? And who and who cares if they're here first? We're all here together now. We've got a treaty. Where we're all pulled together. We're all under the same laws. But they want to change it. They want to have they and the communist government that we've had that's just gone out the door uh, because New Zealand is sick sick was sick of them and they voted against them and now we've voted in another a globalist government. <laughs> so we've still got globalists, we've just got more centre right, haven't we? So I don't know. I think they'll still be tyrannical, especially when it comes if there's any if we had something like another virus, which is gonna happen I reckon Something like that. They will they will force you to be vaccinated. They'll be worse than the last lot anyway. Let's get back to Douglas Murray with Piers Morgan, and I'm just we've got about four minutes to go on that. Very interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. I mean, the right to protest, uh, and is it the right time? To do that, Armistice Day. That we don't use. The person in particular I'm
0: thinking of, Mohammed Sawalha, got British citizenship. You're meant to sign a form saying you're a person of good character to become a British citizen. Can you say that somebody who was a former military commander of Hamas in the West Bank is, quote, a person of good character? I'd say not. So again, like the police, like many other people, the border control in the UK doesn't enforce the law, doesn't care to do so. And I repeat, there is a serious problem with this in the UK. Okay, Israel, as you can see tonight, can look after itself. I wonder if Britain can say the same. Yeah, listen, I understand that point. You've also said it will
6: have to be counted if the march goes ahead because the British public shouldn't have to put up with it. But what yes. does that
0: mean in reality? Yes. You're not endorsing people to go I think and that the... confront them, are you? no. No, not at all. Um, I would suggest that if the cenotaph, for instance, comes under attack, there should be a peaceful ring of people around the cenotaph to protect it, as with other monuments. And I think that that's what many people will do. I hope they do so peacefully. But as this goes on and as the provocations grow and grow, I'm afraid, I'm very, very afraid from what's going to happen this weekend coming in the UK. Personally, I think it's safer in Israel these days than it is in central London, certainly for Jews.
6: Let's talk, um, given you're over there right now, uh, what what concerns me about what Israel is doing is not their efforts to get rid of Hamas, but because of the particular nature of Hamas embedding themselves among civilian populations with the massive amounts of civilian casualties that will inevitably come, and that figure will grow and grow and grow. Are we not, as Barack Obama warned, are we not creating here uh, just an, an opportunity for far greater radicalization? Of all those young Palestinians who watched their loved ones get killed, why would we imagine Mm -hmm. that at the end of all this, they're going to want to do anything other than to become a new version of Hamas in wanting to exact revenge for what happened to their families?
0: Well, two things. One is, if you just follow the logic of what Barack Obama said, then you just shouldn't do anything uh, if you're Israel. You should be attacked and just sit back and say, great, we'll wait for the next one. Um, But the second and more important thing is, your question supposes that there is a sort of peaceful Palestinian population in the Gaza who would love a two-state solution, and then a few bad apples in Hamas. I think that's not true. Why is it that when uh, one of the victims of the music festival, uh, a poor young German-Jewish guy, well, Uh, who it seems was was raped and then uh, Brutally uh, murdered and taken into the Gaza naked. Why was it that you can find and anyone can find this online uh, a crowd of Ordinary Gazans it wasn't uh, Hamas. It wasn't a Hamas rally ordinary Gazans uh, uh, Spitting on her body uh, Hitting her body mutilating her body further as it went down the street does that strike you peers as a uh, Placid population of peacenik types who are just desperately waiting for a two-state solution to be put back on the table for the millionth time in the last 70-something years. It doesn't seem like that to me. No, but there are
6: over 2 million people in Gaza, and there weren't 2 million people in that video clip. There were a few hundred. So
0: I, I don't like to make... Yeah, well, a few hundred at random. A few hundred at random. And did you see anyone in it saying, hey, guys, stop, we're not meant to mutilate the bodies of, of, of girls or rape them in public? No, I didn't see that. But, but then what you're really articulating, correct me if I'm wrong here, but
6: isn't what you're articulating really... An endorsement of collective punishment, where you assume they're all guilty, no, and if they don't stand up to Hamas, they're also guilty, well, and, and that's where people have a problem, I think, well, with the moral line here, which is, no, if you, I'm hold, assuming, if I'm you hold all the Gazans equally
0: responsible, then
6: is that not collective punishment, which is illegal? Well, first of all,
0: first of all, um, uh, there are there is some responsibility for peoples in the Gaza. Um, if you elect elect Hamas and uh, and they kill uh, Fatah and then they remain in power for all of the years afterwards, um, I'm afraid that there is some uh, responsibility of the people in that situation. You know, uh, when the Germans uh, um, had Adolf Hitler come to power and voted for him, uh, we in Britain took the view that the German people were responsible in some way. So I'm not for collective punishment per se, but nor am I for this idea that there is something unique going on in the Israeli-Gaza context that we in Britain couldn't
6: understand.
9: Actually, there is one we've unique thing. In
6: our own history, there is, there is very un- similar things. But there is one unique thing, which is that the population of Gaza is pretty unique and that nearly half of the population are children. That is a unique situation.
7: You call them hate marches. Do you think everyone on these marches is hateful, as you put it? I think, as I say, if you've seen... Images of hundreds of people chanting jihad, being corralled. Everyone, even on the fringes of these marches, is hateful. Uh, Chanting from the river to the sea. I don't think there's any other way but to call them hate marches. There are concerns that the cenotaph could be targeted on Armistice Day. What action should be taken if that happens? If anyone were to vandalize the cenotaph, uh, they must be put into a jail cell faster than their feet can touch the ground.
3: That's right, 16 minutes past six, and that was very interesting, wasn't it? That was Douglas Murray with Piers Morgan there, and uh, you can see that, I think probably just on YouTube, you'll be able to find that track that one down. Uh, so, I don't, what do you think? Is it collective punishment? Or, uh, you know, when, as you said, when the Germans, uh, they voted Adolf Hitler into power, uh, and we basically um, had to go to war against the German people, really, they? didn't we? And so and very difficult when you 've got terrorists in amongst the, the civilians putting their um, weaponry in hospitals and schools and using women and children as human shields. It's very difficult for the Israelis no they 've got to keep it going, keep the whole thing going and um, I, if it was me, I would get all of the all of the arabs they 're just arabs they 're not just arabs they're not, just Arab. they're not uh, Palestinians. there's no such word really Palestinian is just an invented term uh, Palestinian. Uh, caught, really made popular by Yasser Arafat that was Husseini's uh, nephew uh, Husseini of course he had the he was the grand mufti of Jerusalem at the time of the Second World War when Adolf Hitler had a famous meeting with him that's on record in Germany uh, that he said this He said this to him. This is Adolf Hitler speaking. This is not a war of boundaries. This is a war of the annihilation of the Jewish people. And that's what they want. Most of the people that are living in Gaza want the annihilation of the Jewish people. They're taught it in their schools, according to Noni Dawish, whose father himself was head of the FEDA a terrorist organization, a Muslim terrorist organization. She's out living in America now. I think she's become a Christian. She said they were teaching us in the textbooks, actually printed in the textbooks, the hatred of the Jews that, that that to destroy them, and so and we've got this this uh, satanic thought running right through the whole world. And you know the Bible says you'll be hated, you'll be hated by all nations. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that should be a clue for Christians that we need to support Israel and we need to support the Israelis, the, Jew- the Jewish people, all over the world, and uh, not to be sidetracked by. Uh, nonsensical uh, conspiracies about the Jews, and you know um, people like rothschilds, who are a banking family who they, they didn 't create Zionism, they financed the uh, the state of Israel they helped they put money towards uh, finding a safe place, a safe haven after being slaughtered right throughout Europe. Uh, for a safe place for Israel in 1948, that happened. The state of Israel was born. The Bible says, "I'll gather you from amongst the nations." I think what happens is, I think what needs to happen is that people need to start reading the Bible for themselves instead of listening. This is Christian. I'm talking to Christians now. Christians get t- that tied up with this satanic, anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish uh, nonsense. Um, the the Jews that are there now are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac. And Jacob, they are the rightful possessors of that land, including Gaza. And one day they'll have all of it. Why? Because God's said so. That's why. When Joshua went in uh, 1300 B.C. and took the the land from the Canaanites, it was under orders from the God of Israel, from the our God, from the Creator of heaven and earth, from Jesus Christ. You may as well say, according to John 1:1. 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so, unless you want to believe the, um, the corrupted New World Order translation that the JWs are peddling, you could believe that if you want to. But I don't. I believe the King James Bible, the Protestant text of the English Reformation, that is the one that I believe is the uh, inerrant Word of God for today. I don't know where the Word of God was prior to then, because I wasn't around. But I know where it is today because I've proven it, that it possesses the necessary elements of being what it claims to be, a divine revelation from the creator of heaven and earth. 21 past six. A kid runs up with a problem. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Do you stop, allow the interruption, turn and answer the kid and off on the
1: way? Is that the answer? Or is it, no, I'm speaking to your father. Wait. And then you speak maybe a little bit longer now to make them wait. One is a clue that you're idolatrizing your kids at the expense of your marital relationship. Setting a bad precedent is teaching this kid that they're the center of the world and you're going to ruin them for it. And the second one is saying, no, your father is speaking you don't get to interrupt your father you should be listening to your father this is
3: one that teaches a kid humility good manners and patience and restraint that's just one tiny show of that that's right okay you're here with the liberty nz breakfast with grant edwards and we're now over at radio new zealand we'll just do a recap we had a look at that around about this time an hour ago Uh, we looked at it and uh, now it's uh, they've got a bit of a change here testing times for nzqa very good testing times. I quite like some of the writers here. I like the puns they, they put out. It's very good uh, website so what have they got they, they, so they've got a problem with the website because last Friday it all went down, didn't it? Thousands of students are hoping to avoid a repeat of Friday's online assessment crash. Now, I think that's terrible they should get that sorted. We've also got the mystery of man who sorry the mystery of the man who reported that he was um, poisoned by um, port, port wine. They poisoned it with paracourt, still haven't found out who that was, two years on the the family and friends have put together fifty thousand dollars for a reward, and still nothing there and I think that's Shocking. Peter uh, Luxton, Peters and Seymour to finally meet. At least that's the plan anyway. It was risky business to assume where Peters was these days, said the Act leader, ahead of the three leaders meeting together uh, on Wednesday. So they did actually get together yesterday. So that's good. But we don't really know what's come out of that. It's all very secret, isn't it? All hush, hush. And we have more news here. Um, Apparently the... um, the head of a research group uh, on disinformation, so called, uh, he criticizes the Auckland University for silencing Susie Wiles. Israeli forces were outside the Al Shifa hospital in Gaza. They offered to send in incubators and vandalism of buildings, a minor inconvenience, according to pro Hamas groups. Really, they are, that's what they are pro Muslim terrorist groups. You've got John Minto and the like. He's basically saying it's nothing. Said a few drops of paint. Well, it's not a few drops of paint. They've been tipped They tipped litres all over the show uh, at the consulate building. Vandalism's not right. Free speech is fine. I'm, you know, I'm big on free speech, and I don't believe in hate speech. I think all speeches should be free. Um, who determines what hate speech is anyway? But if you're inciting people to violence, which is what Minto's doing, and also vandalism, then that, he should be brought in for questioning. But, of course, he won't because he's a leftist. And uh, we've got a woke police force that are basically um, that need to be complete overhaul of the police force. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think Luxon's strong enough, really. Winston Peters, possibly. I don't know. We'll soon find out. He usually goes back on everything that he promises, anyway. So I can't really see it. Maybe he's changed. I sort of I've heard that um, Peters, while he got uh, he got jabbed with the vaccine jab, the fake vaccine, um, fake jab, Um, his wife didn't, wife or partner or whoever she didn't, I've heard that from inside leaked sources and so maybe there's some some good there coming in, who knows I don't know Uh, and then you've got that halfwit John what's his name, I never did did like him Uh, what's his name now Uh, I missed it, I've got it here somewhere he wants, we want the pigeon to be be the top ranked bird and he's this other guy um, I can't remember his name why has it gone from me John Oliver yeah, he's he's wanting another bird. Um, which one does he want? Doesn't really say. Anyway, it's a nothing story. Who cares? Who cares? Just the funny bird people. And uh, immigration divide. Rural business owners are the desperate for staff as the Auckland infrastructure struggles to cope. And uh, also there was um, Brown. Um, he's talking about a $5 tax. I'll just see if I can find that. Uh, but before I do, we're over at uh, Stuff, and it says here Zoe. Zoe creates history on the green. 12-year-old Zoe Beck, she created history last weekend when she teamed up with Emma Drake and Craig Merrilies to win the mixed triples title, becoming the youngest bowler in Southland to win for the title. Good on them. That's fantastic. Uh, cook Strait ferries not, not in too ship a shape. <laughs> Holes caused by striking the wars. Both of them, both the Blue Bridge and the other one as well. That's not so good. Uh, now, and, uh, we've got, we'll have got. we just go back here to uh, where I was before, because I had one on um, Brown, Mayor Brown. Where have you gone, Mayor? Doesn't seem to be here anymore. Oh, I'll go back one and see if I can find him. No, it doesn't look like it will. Give me a moment to uh, gather uh, w- where that is. It's uh, 26 minutes past 6. Doing a,
11: a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? <laughs> all right. yeah, she... Oh, yeah, you're in? Easily. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you know you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas freeing Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered. I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death.
10: Oh, no, no, I no. don't.
11: You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No? no. I'm glad I read the uh, terms yeah. and agreements. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission?
5: I'm sorry, yeah.
11: Not interested? Oh, okay. You want a terrorist group that beheads babies and rapes girls to replace only democracy in the Middle East?
5: Not
7: sure that to support. So if I sign, I agree with this. Yes.
11: we no. No. Okay.
7: Oh, no. Thank
11: you. No. I don't
3: no.
7: support no. any of no. these two
3: things that you just I can't find them. It's um, a story I was reading just before. I'm not sure where it was. Whether it was on um, the Radio New Zealand or whether it was on Net on uh, News Hub, but it was uh, pretty much uh, the Mayor of Auckland, Brown. He's talking about a five dollar charge for people using it's a congestion charge, although he doesn't want to call it a congestion charge, but it's basically, he said, we don't need to build new motorways because, he said, quite often they are empty at certain times, but at peak times uh, they're very congested. So he's calling for a $5 charge to use a road, you know, like from Green Lane to Penrose or something like that. And he said that will will encourage people not to um, use those times. And then you've got, um, I think they say, well, what about, you know, people picking up kids from school and that sort of stuff. And he said, well, when I when I was a young boy, he said, we made our own way to school. And I think that's right. I think kids kids are mollycoddled, do not they? They don't have to go in a BMW to school or back from school. They can find their own way home. We all found our own way home. And, um, yeah, that's that's what I think should happen anyway. Okay, so uh, we'll go over now and have a look. Oh, what about that Tom, Tom fellow? What's his name? Tom Maricopa guy. We'll have a look at that. This is an exclusive. Uh, It says here that there are new developments in the Maricopa fugitive Tom Phillips case. Um, Three missing children also went missing with him back in December 2021. Police have released a CCTV footage they believe is Tom and one of his children after the alleged theft of a red quad bike near Maricopa 12 days ago. But that's not the only development. Last week, News Hub asked police about a red farm-style bike a quad bike reported stolen on November the 2nd from the Mar- Maricopa property. On Tuesday, police revealed that they believed it was missing Father Tom Phillips. I just don't believe any of this. And uh, one of his children that drove that bike south. And this you know, like 2 o'clock in the morning is if you're going to take your young child. These kids are young, eh? They're really young. It's just nonsense. Um, police said uh, any reported sightings of the red quad bike are the best chance they have to locate Tom and his, two, his three children. Anyway, so I just think that's uh, bad news. Now, uh, Patrick Gower, he thinks that New Zealand should be turned into a republic, and I'm beginning to think so myself as well. You can see that story over at newshub.co.nz. Rugby World Cup, the Rugby World Cup, they, dis- they concede world rugby, they call themselves, that, that All Blacks World Cup try should have been allowed, according to a new report and uh, a Kiwi protester who egged the Queen during her 1986 trip to New Zealand speaks out uh, with Patrick Gower I'm not sure what that's about, what's going on there but you can go over and have a look at that yourself at News Hub if you can be bothered uh, what does it say here, documentary, ok It was. Uh, yeah. he must have been quite young when he did that Anyway, and uh, the woman that's been accused of the Mushroom Lunch murders, she makes a surprise move. She, well, I don't know if it's so surprising. She's put one of the properties that she owns on the market. Interesting that back in 2021 it was moved from her and her husband's joint ownership to just hers, <laughs> just before she apparently uh, started attempted to poison them to death. I think three people have died during that uh, little thing. So it'll be interesting. So they did arrest her. Uh, so we'll just see where that goes. Okay, let's uh, pop over to international news now with with, with Reuters, and the Chinese companies are buying up U.S. uh, chip-making equipment to make advanced semiconductors, despite a a raft of new export curbs aiming to thwart advances uh, in the country's semiconductor industry, according to a congressional report that came out overnight. And a federal judge on Tuesday rejected offers or efforts, rather, by m- the major social media companies to dismiss nationwide litigation, accusing them of targeting their platforms to children and causing them to be addicted and damaging their mental health. And in Washington, the US House Speaker Mike Johnson, I quite like him, he was a, a brave opposition from fellow Republicans and rely on Democratic votes on Tuesday. What was this? Mike Johnson will brave opposition. Okay. And then in New York, New York report, this is Reuters, oil prices rose 1% uh, to a one week high after the International Energy Agency, the IEA, they call it International Energy Agency, boosted its demand growth forecast and the US dollar fell uh, on data showing inflation was slowing in the world. uh, the world's biggest economy, and the uh, dollar, the U.S. dollar fell more than one percent against the major. Didn't I just say that? Oil prices. No, uh, the dollar has fallen one percent against major currencies on Tuesday after U.S. consumer price data showed the pace of inflation moderating in October, increasing the odds that Federal Reserve is done hiking interest rates. Ukraine, Kiev, and Warsaw again failed to reach an agreement for the stop a week-long Polish truckers' protest in Ukraine's border, and that's according to a Ukrainian official. Ethiopian Airlines on Tuesday placed an order for Boeing 737 8s that's the MAX, it's a narrow-bodied jet, and it's nearly five years after the fatal 2019 MAX aircraft crash that led to the grounding of the global fleet. Hmm... And uh, Ukraine families there, okay, what about Biden, U.S. President Joe Biden said on Tuesday that his goal during the talks with Chinese President Xi Jinping this week is to resume normal communications between the two superpowers, including military to military contacts. And uh, strong sales growth with Huawei, is that how you say it, Huawei, they, that's, <laughs> they helped um, power 11% rise in China's total smartphone shipments in October A data from research firm, Centerpoint or uh, Counterpoint rather. Yep, Counterpoint, like CounterSpin Media. (laughs) And while you're there, give them a donation. Uh, Counterpoint. They showed that on Tuesday overnight for us would have been, and uh, you know the night before, including signs of recovery for its lagging mobile market. That is international news, and we'll be back with some more local news and. Just a wee moment.
5: The last woman that was criticizing me said, It's not like women just do this for no reason. Yet we have women throwing parties about something that is genuinely sad, something that you are supposed to take seriously. How can we say women are taking this seriously when we are having parties celebrating it? That shit is disgusting. That is disgusting. In no world should you be celebrating a divorce and it's interesting guys notice that the comments section when it comes from men is a lot more honest than from women because women comments tend to cheer the shit on where male comments um, tend to really tell you how it is
3: 26 to 7 here at Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards and we're over at New Zealand Doctors speaking out with science and you can just be careful when you go there it's not .co.nz that's a spoof website probably financed by the government to spread disinformation, purposely spread inf- misinformation. It's not miss, it's actually dis, purposely done. But we go to NZ Doctors, D-O-S, rather, dot com. Make sure you go to that one. Now today, the 15th, is a special day. It's the Red Remembrance Day. And uh, so you've got to find an event, you wear some red, and share the story, share your stories, uh, many of them of vaccine deaths and vaccine injuries that the government's trying to cover up. Everyone's running scared. So, New Zealand doctors speaking out with science, it's time to freely make up our minds. Freedom in health and life, connection and humanity. You can go and sign the declaration there if you go over to NZDSOS. And deaths following the injection an open letter from New Zealand doctors speaking out with science, NZDSOS, on the need to investigate deaths following vaccination. NZDSOS appeals again to the police headed by Andrew Costa and our MPs to intervene to protect people. And there's an open letter, you can read that there as well. And uh, just moving down here, speaking out, New Zealand doctors have everything to lose and nothing to gain by speaking out except a clear conscience and a peaceful sleep. Uh, As unthinkable as it is, our country's fast turning into a, a place of tyranny where scientific discussion and criticism of the government is ruthlessly squashed uh, doctors are being su- uh, suspended and, and uh, invented charges and citizens are being coerced into taking experimental m- medical treatment even now they're doing it the same this new wave of this fake virus and telling people to go out and get boosted and you've got people walking around with masks on it's uh, dehumanizing and uh, it it makes us separates us from one another now what has been cannot be unseen what has been seen cannot be unseen That's what's been learned, what's been learned cannot be unknown. Oh, that was a quote, sorry, I messed up that quote from C.A. Wolf, New Zealand doctors speaking out with science is working in unity with movements in New Zealand and across the world to build legal, educational, medical and community structures based on freedom, harmony, science, wisdom and excellence. Remaining silent is not an option. We're standing up for our rights, our patients, our colleagues and the public alike. And there's some great people here. And uh, so today is a special day. And so what else have we got here? I'll just read a few things that they've got on their website. Medical Freedom, rising to new challenges for 2022-2023. That looks like an old one. Uh, Where is the red day, the special day? Let me see if I can find that for you. I might be up the top. Might have missed it altogether. what are we up to 24 minutes to 7. And uh, so I'll click on that, Red Remembrance Day, and we'll have a look. At that one, okay. So, what we're doing here today at noon, Red Remembrance Day. So, you can find that at redremembrance.co.nz. And they are recognizing that potentially between the first and 10 percent are vaccine injured. Between sorry, one rather, between one and 10 percent of people are vaccine injured. Those are people that have been jabbed and uh, so that's what they say so remember and heal together this Remembrance Day take action, you can go there and you can click on it you can read stories, you can get involved with groups um, you can subscribe, leave your name and details and they keep you up to date and there's uh, all sorts of incredible things here uh, lots of stories about people that have been injured people that the, the government and the media are silent about and so uh, they say, they say that we will not forget making the day two years ago when New Zealanders were unjustly mandated with no jab, no job. COVID hasn't gone away. Vaccine injury numbers are growing. People are still out of work and unable to pay for their therapies. And many New Zealanders continue to grieve for lost relationships as the government's inhumane COVID response divided us. Certainly did. And uh, so what have we got here? So this year on Wednesday, that's today. Oh, that was yesterday. No, today. Oh, gosh. I thought I was a day ahead of myself. So today at 12 noon, we stand together. And remember, this is not about vaccine status because everyone knows someone who's been affected by vaccine injury. Long COVID is a vaccine injury. Myocarditis is a vaccine injury. Stillbirths, this is what's happening. Menstrual changes, blood clots, new pacemakers and heart attacks, um, new odd, odd neurological symptoms, Inability to function normally, turbo cancers—that's huge—and sudden adult death. Um, our spirit remains strong. This is NZDSOS. This is what they're saying: determined uh, and impassioned to see that these people will not be swept under the rug. on On this day today, they're going to be uniting as humans to to mark this anniversary, to heal and forge a better path. Uh, forward together as a nation. Red Remembrance Day will unfold across New Zealand with individuals like you organising or participating in local events across New Zealand. Now you can enjoy, you can join a, an event in your area by going to redremembrance.co.nz. That's redremembrance.co.nz, and there's a little icon there. That says click uh, join. You click on, <laughs> you join an event in your area, and you can do that. It's not too late. It's only 20 to 7, and you've got till lunchtime to find there'll be something happening wherever you are living in the country. Read to find out more. Okay, I'll be back with uh, more news in just a moment.
7: Israel has only been a state since 1948. Palestine is thousands of
10: years old. Sorry Mia, you are wrong. Israel is 3,000 years old, 75 years young. And this is not coming from a Jew, but from a proud Muslim. The prophets of God whom I believe in were Israelites. A significant number of these prophets disseminated their teachings in the land of Canaan. A land which Joshua Ben-Noon later renamed Israel. And then King David proclaimed Jerusalem as the nation's capital. Yes, Mia, it wasn't Donald J. Trump. It was King David. Even Jesus of Nazareth, Mia, called the land Israel in the Gospel of Matthew. The Roman Emperor Hadrian expelled Jews from Israel, erasing the name Judea. He supplanted it with the Roman Latin term Syria-Palestina, which evolved into... Palestine. Similarly, the city of Shechem was changed to Neapolis or Nablus, which means
3: in Roman Latin, new city or new place. The Jewish people, dear Mia, are not. Are not what? Yes, the Jewish people. They're the ones that. Yeah, he's right. It's good, good to hear from an honest Muslim, isn't it? An honest. Uh, he said he's a proud Muslim, an Arab. Good to hear. OK, well, let's have a look and see what happened on this day. Back in history, on the 15th of November, 1861, Dunedin became the first New Zealand town with a daily newspaper when the first issue of the Oda- Otago Daily Times was published. The English-born Julius Vogel, you know, the Vogel's bred, <laughs> probably, who later became the premier of New Zealand, And he was recognised as a talented journalist in Victoria before arriving in Dunedin, which uh, was gripped by gold fever at the time. He soon formed a partnership with William Henry Cutton, editor of the weekly Otago Witness, and both men thought that uh, the soaring Otago population could support a daily Newspaper and the Otago Daily Times was born as a symbol of the progress of, Ota- of uh, Otago. Now, Vogel became a key figure in a movement to separate the North and South Islands. The Otago Daily Times became a strong advocate for the province of Otago, and to this day, the newspaper provides comprehensive coverage of the region and advocates regional causes. Guten, he or Cutton, I should say, Cutton, he he uh, determined his. He, rather terminated his partnership with Vogel three years later and in 1866 Vogel sold the Otago Daily Times on condition he remained the editor. Vogel left the newspaper in 1868 in order to focus on his political career. Since 1976 the Otago Daily Times still independently owned by Allied Press has been Dunedin's only daily newspaper.
5: And just, um, just because communication means having gentle, healthy boundaries, it really freaks me out when the stuff gets thrown on the stage. Um, because if it's on the stage, then a dancer can trip on it. Um, and I love that you brought presents, and that is so nice. But just, can you please not throw them on the stage? I love you so much. That's uh,
3: Taylor Squiff there at an Argentinian concert. They're trying to um, tell people to stop throwing her gifts. Getting a bit dangerous. People trip over them. So that's her. She seemed very nice, didn't she?
1: You're a feminist. Yeah. What is the difference between a feminist and a knife? The, what sort of a comparison is that? I don't understand. Return to answer. Yeah. At
3: least a knife has a point. it's
1: it's even better when it's not from like a a, a like white American.
3: <laughs> Even if feminist at a point. OK, 16 minutes to 7, and we're going to hear from Sky News. I think it's Andrew Bolt. I think it's him anyway, Sky News host. He blasts Penny Wong for her support of Hamas.
9: Speaking about all that, Penny Wong, as Michael said, yesterday did a very stupid thing. Said something that helps the Hamas terrorists and hurts Israel. First, she said Israel and Hamas should take steps together to work for a ceasefire. Something that another Labour minister, and Ali, a Muslim, was even more red hot for today, even though a ceasefire is exactly what Hamas wants to buy time to regroup and whip up international pressure on Israel to pull out.
11: It doesn't mean that
0: Hamas would not spend that time rearming.
9: That's a difficult. That's a difficult point that you
8: make. That's, that's why this issue is so vexed because you have two parties who are unrelenting, who are unrelenting. Do you put them and on so, the same so level?
11: So mean, one, on... one is a terror group, according.
8: And Australian one is a fully militarised a, a state with a full military.
9: No two moral equivalents. Israel, Hamas, both bad. Seriously. The thing is, there was a ceasefire, of course. Right up to October 6th, there was a ceasefire. And Hamas broke it by slaughtering 1,200 Jews. And Hamas says it'll keep attacking Israel forever. So ceasefire is what it wants, so it gets that chance. But here was something even dumber that Wong said, effectively accusing Israel falsely of war crimes.
1: I would make this point uh, in relation to hospitals and medical facilities, that international humanitarian law uh, does require the protection of hospitals, of patients and of medical staff. Uh, And we do call on Israel to, to cease the attacking of hospitals. These are facilities protected under international law.
9: This is ridiculous. Hamas terrorists have actually been filmed shooting from hospitals. Why else would Israel be shooting back? And Israel has long insisted the biggest hospital of Shifa includes the Hamas headquarters and tunnels underneath. And that actually makes it a legitimate military target under international law. And Israel has been getting staff and patients at Shifa to leave before it does attack. In fact, one medical worker says they have left. I'm not. I'm not. Well, empty is not actually right. Hamas wouldn't want it empty of human shields. And there are obviously some staff there. But Wong is very wrong to say that no hospital should be attacked when Hamas has turned this one, for instance, into a military fortress and then accusing Israel baselessly of war crimes. Just stokes up more of this anti jewish theory we've got on our streets. Joining me from Tel Aviv is Lieutenant Colonel Amnon Scheffler of the Israel Defence Forces. Lieutenant Colonel, thank you so much for your time. How many people do you guess are still at the Shifa Hospital?
11: Andrew, thank you for having us. Um, we assess that there are still people inside. And uh, as you mentioned, we are doing everything for weeks, calling them and all the Gazan citizens to leave to the south. We have allowed two quarters in order to do that. We're tech- taking tactical pauses in order to do that. And we're continuously calling and text messaging and telling it. Everyone to please move to the south, which is a safer area.
9: Now, what assets do have does Hamas have in this hospital that you know of, and how do you know it?
11: We have a uh, very strong uh, evidence uh, Intel and also now in the ground. Um, and we have shared this also with our partners around the world uh, that have also uh, affirmed this. Hamas is using these hospitals as their headquarters. Um, They are hiding underneath weaponry, uh, similarly like they're doing in schools, under kindergartens, and in many uh, civilian areas, because they deliberately use those spaces uh, knowing that we follow our values and the rule of armed conflict uh, and refrain from striking those areas uh, whenever that is possible. But as, uh, again, you mentioned, and uh, that we have uh, shown many times, Hamas is uh, continuously using these to launch more attacks uh, on Israeli civilians. We have now getting close to 10,000 rockets that have been fired at Israelis, and much of them come from within the hospitals where they are controlled and commanded. Um, And that is why we need to get to them eventually. Um, But we're trying to do that in the safest way for the civilians in Gaza.
9: Now, Hamas health officials are saying there's no power at uh, Shifa Hospital, And babies are dying. They've all been taken off incubators, they say. Although the photos, and I'm not going to show them on the air, it's a bit distressing. The photos have seen the lights are still on, for the photographer at least. Uh, So there does seem to be some power. But nobody wants to see babies die. So what does Israel do?
11: Nobody wants to see babies die on our side and on the civilized uh, world. Sadly, Hamas does. That is why they have murdered babies in Israel, and that is why they wish to continue doing that. Because we believe that every life is uh, sanctuary uh, and we need to do everything in order uh, to do that, we have offered uh, for the evacuation of the babies uh, in many different ways, um, and we're continuously doing that. Sadly, um, the Hamas is not allowing that, as it did not allow the evacuation of uh, other uh, civilians from the area. Yesterday, we even took the risk of our soldiers bringing fuel to the hospital in order to continue in operating it in the best possible way for these babies and others to be as safe as possible. And so far, they're not taking that fuel. Um, So we're doing everything in order to help uh, uh, those babies and others in need to be safe.
9: Now, hostages, there was talk of uh, Hamas letting a few more go, half of them American hostages, uh, dual citizens. Where are those talks up to?
11: So we're on day 38 with 239 hostages and dozens more that uh, are still unaccounted for. Um, And we're uh, working in any way that we can in order to bring them back home safely, be it Americans or any other nationality. Um, This is our main mission, uh, including the mission to dismantle Hamas.
9: But uh, I take it those talks have broken down. It seemed that Hamas was stringing it out, hoping to buy off, uh, buy some pressure for a ceasefire. That's there's been uh, no progress. I take it then.
11: We're following through on all different uh, routes. Uh, the military is, of course, doing its work on the ground and uh, from the air and the sea. Uh, And the diplomats are doing everything that they can in order uh, for us to bring home uh, these uh, civilians that we must, again, remember that they haven't been visited by Red Cross or anyone else. um, And that is what they should be, uh, treated properly in the best way and released safely home now.
9: Lieutenant Colonel Amnon Scheffler, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us. Uh, Must be unbelievable uh, days you're putting in there thank you so much indeed for your time
3: well it's good to get a uh, second opinion isn't it good to get to the uh, the other side see what they say let's move over to the jerusalem post now the jpost.com idf fights deep in gaza as fm talks humanitarian aid 1200 people remember were murdered since october the 7th including 365 soldiers and 238 Held hostage by Hamas, four hostages released, one was rescued. Gaza families, families of Gaza hostages rather set off on a march from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and uh, they've got the IDf they've unveiled Hamas pit under the the headquarters. Wow, look at it tunnels everywhere, three wounded after a rocket barrage targets Tel Aviv central Israel see so they're still firing at them. IDF issues urgent evacuation order to Gaza city neighborhoods. Because they're coming in, the IDF confirms soldier held hostage by Hamas killed in Gaza. Mm. Israeli uh, days away from hostage deal. Hamas pushes for five-day truce. Uh, that's not going to happen. I don't want that to happen because they've got to sort these people out once and for all. And uh, look, you heard you heard them there. They're doing their best. The Hamas won't allow the babies to come out. So you know they they just want death. They don't they don't like other Muslims. They hate them, they hate them just as much as they hate uh, all Jews and Christians. They, they hate them. They hate the Jews the most, then followed by Christians, then other Muslims. They have no love for each other. It's they're a death cult, and uh, that's pretty much that's what people that really follow Islam to the T. If you look at the Quran, Winston Churchill said it was the Mein Kampf of war. And uh, if you actually read the thing, you'd see, you know, it's nothing like the Bible. There's, of course, there's violence and bloodshed in the Bible, Bible, but it's not just willy-nilly. It's not just sort of like, you know, kill all the unbelievers. It's nothing like that. And there's always always reason. When you study it, there are reasons for everything. Like, for example, when, I mean, it's it's horrendous, but uh, God ordered Joshua to kill every single person in this particular tribe of people. It's basically a genocide. And uh, we find out later. We find out that they are actually practicing bestiality and all sorts of terrible things. They would have been full of disease, and if they'd bought that, and only the virgins were allowed to, so that disease is transmitted through sexually sexual contact. And so, if they'd been if they'd been brought back into it in the Israeli camp, um, there's a high chance that there wouldn't be any Jews around now. There wouldn't be any Israelis, and all these people like the. Um, uh, the Amalekites and all those types of people that were enemies of the Lord, enemies of God that God had warned them over and over again and God uses the enemies to destroy them and that's what he did. He used the children of Israel to destroy the Canaanites who were another wicked pagan nation that God had been warning over and over and so uh, so they are—that—that's the, those are the stories of the Bible and if you just weren't so, you know, like people if they actually read it for themselves they'd see uh, that it's not just willy-nilly, and it's not not nonsense, and it possesses the necessary elements of being what it claims to be, a divine revelation from the Creator. And uh, we talked about that a couple of days ago. I spoke about what those necessary elements are. I could just recap, if you like. First of all, I think that if there is a God, which I believe there is, uh, God would want to communicate with us. We don't just, why is that? Well, we don't leave our babies in the corner, do we? We don't have children and then just not talk to them, leave them in a room and not talk to them so it's why do we do that well maybe it's maybe it's because for every effect there must be a cause so perhaps it's because our creator has created us in a way that he wants to have that same relationship that parent child relationship with us and um so most important thing would be uh communication communicate so how would we communicate with our children what would we do well we'd use words don't we that's how we do it so is it not it's quite reasonable isn't it then that if we use words to communicate with one another perhaps our creator if indeed we are created uh, which I believe we are because nothing comes from nothing so we must have come from something and so uh, it would be reasonable to suggest that the creator of heaven and earth would want to communicate with the creation so how would he do that words that's what we use to communicate with one another some people say oh you know just you can just use um, what do you call it um, you know, sort of like mind reading or something <laughs> that sort of a, mind reading is something that women expect you to be able to be an expert at, but no, we use words to communicate, that's how I'm communicating with you now, that's how we communicate with one another, and it's important to have a good grasp of, of the language that which is your mother tongue, good, good to have a good grasp of it, so you can communicate properly, anyway so it's got to be, we, we use words so if, would it be reasonable that those words would be um, put into uh, written format. Well, of course it is. If you go away, in the old days we used to write letters to one another. If we couldn't be with our children, we would put in letters. Today we do it with email and you know, we, now we just ring up on the phone and it's a video, isn't it? But in the olden days, that's how it was done. And what a great way to communicate with generations of people by just reducing your words uh, and if, if God did this, reduce them to a written format so that everyone could See what it is. I mean, you wouldn't just um, have your. You wouldn't just have sort of like sort of certain members of the family get to see uh, what your what you as a parent. Uh, want for them, you know, what your thoughts are, uh, what their futures going to be, you wouldn't do that, you would write to all of them because you love them all equally, so it's reasonable then isn't it, that God would want to communicate with all of creation, not just you know, like cardinals or priests or you know, something like that, he'd want to communicate with all of us, so he'd make it available so one of the necessary elements would have to be uh, availability uh, that, uh, of uh, any, any book that claims to be A divine revelation from the Creator would have to be available to all of us. You might have to learn the language; it might be in another, a foreign language. So you've got to learn that language. But it's reasonable, isn't it, that um, that God would, you know, the Creator of the first cause, if you like, would reduce words to um, writing so that every every generation could know the will of the Creator. What else would it have to be? Well, I think it would have to be perfect. This is another element. It would have to be perfect, perfect at the word level. And let's just say it is the Bible. Well, if Mary Magdalene had um, seduced Jesus when he was here on the earth and uh, he'd looked at her with lust after her, then him being the living word of God, according to the Bible, uh, he would have sinned because he said if you even look at a woman as to lust after her you've committed adultery with her in your heart and adultery is a sin It's against the Ten Commandments so therefore he wouldn't be able to being the living word of God uh, he wouldn't be able to die for our sins because he wouldn't be a perfect offering for sin he has to be without spot or blemish the Bible says a lamb without spot or blemish and that's what Jesus according to the Bible was for us uh, so therefore if he's the living word of God, when we look at the written word of God, surely it would have to be perfect as well, perfect at the word level. That means not one provable provable error or provable contradiction. If it had either of those two things in it, you'd have to discount it as not as being not not a divine revelation from the Creator because God is perfect. It doesn't make mistakes. It's only a million words in the Bible and if you can't keep a million words together and can't translate them from one language to another and preserve them as it says that it would because the Bible makes claims about itself it says he'll preserve his words for eternity forever heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away so okay, where are they? right, so that's what we're looking for we're looking to what are the necessary elements of a divine revelation I've got news coming up so I better not speak right through that so we've got available, it's got to be available to us, it's got to be perfect to the word level, inerrancy, it's got to be understandable, it might be difficult in places uh, to uh, figure out, but with a bit of study you should be able to understand it, that's another element. It should be comprehensive, it should have everything that we need to know um, in this world, uh, everything we need to know, it should have a also a supernatural element. Uh, so uh, something that no man could possibly know, only the Creator could know. And we find that in Daniel chapter 9 with uh, Daniel's 70 weeks. And, uh, okay, we've got news now coming up right now. Now,
1: TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu claimed that if the Israeli military doesn't remove Hamas, the United States and Europe could be next. And what could be seen is an attempt to galvanize support for Israel in the West. In an interview Monday with Fox News, Sean Hannity, Mr. Netanyahu stated that Israel has to win not only for our sake, but for the sake of the Middle East, for the sake of our Arab neighbors.
9: That's the battle, and it'll affect every single person, not only in the Middle East, but well beyond. Because if if Israel is in peril, if the Middle East goes down, Europe is next. It's like ISIS. You know, people thought it was a local thing. It wasn't.
1: It was a global thing, and it affected Americans It beheaded Americans. If we don't win now then Europe is next, and you're next. Suella Braverman says the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has manifestly and repeatedly failed to deliver on his key policy pledges in a bitter and explosive letter to the Prime Minister. Writing to her party leader the day after she was sacked as Home Secretary, the MP accused Sunak of having never had any intention of keeping your promises. She also wrote, I can only surmise that this is because you have no appetite for doing what is necessary and therefore no real intention of fulfilling your pledge to the British people. Rescuers are working around the clock Tuesday to remove debris to extract 40 workers who have been trapped for over two days after an under-construction tunnel collapsed in northern India. Officials hope to extricate them in the next 24 hours. Authorities said a a two-and-a-half-foot-wide steel pipe will be pushed through an opening of excavated debris with the help of hydraulic jacks to safely pull out the stranded workers. About 200 rescuers from federal and state disaster relief agencies are using drilling equipment and excavators to reach them. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said in Monday's White House briefing that the U.S. does not have proof of life for the nine Americans allegedly held hostage by Hamas in Gaza.
4: One missing green card holder, and I cannot look in the eye and tell you how many of those hostages are still alive. We do have information, and I'll be careful about how I characterize that, Um, about some of the hostages and, and, and a notion that there are a substantial number of hostages who are not just alive but who could potentially be part of a hostage release. But I couldn't give you a number of exactly how many Americans would be included in that. That's something that we will have to work through as we continue these negotiations.
1: The White House is planning to kill Russia's Arctic Liquid Natural Gas two energy project, according to U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Energy Resources Jeffrey Pyatt, who told a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on U.S. national security interests in Ukraine that new sanctions leveled against the Arctic LNG-2 is aimed at killing that project, claiming it has been set up with the aim of turning Russia into the world's largest liquid natural gas exporter. Here with more is TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen.
2: Now you can see Washington's true agenda here. You shouldn't think that they would have stopped by blowing up the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines to cut off gas from Russia into Europe, really deciding who Russia can sell to, who they can't sell to. Now they're trying to cut off Russian supplies to Asia. What is this going to mean? Is there going to be warfare, sabotage in the Arctic Ocean? Is that where things are heading? They think they can get between Russia and China on the delivery of energy, or Russia and Japan. Japan. And they have put prohibitions in price caps on Russian oil to places like Japan. But that's not going to stop the flow of energy to an Asian tiger economy that's going to need energy and lots of it. Affordable, reliable energy with great service providers of which Russia is one of the top in the world. They're going to need that to fuel their economic needs and their growth for the next two decades or more. And where is the West going? To green energy, wind and solar that's not going to cut it so you can see the divergent agendas here for tnt radio this is patrick henningson
3: thanks patrick it's four minutes past seven and uh, you're with liberty NZ breakfast we'll have weather next scraping together all the news and information you need it's engaging at the top and
4: bottom of the hour today's news talk radio tnt
3: OK, thank you very much for joining me on the final two hours from five to seven weekdays, uh, Monday through to Friday. And uh Lord willing, that is, because you just never know. The Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is but a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Wise words there from God Himself, written uh, through in the Spirit through Solomon, King Solomon. Yes. Okay. Now we're looking at the extremes, the current extremes. Napier 16.7 degrees. Waitati has 3.2 degrees. The windiest places: Christchurch eastern suburbs, 30 kilometres per hour. It's not too bad. Hokitika has 1.2 millimetres of rain. The short forecast for Northland to Taranaki, including the Coromandel, the Bay of Plenty, Taupo and Taranaki, showers or tornadiniwi, however you want to say it, showers become isolated this morning and then clearing later for Gisborne, Wairarapa, also for Wellington, fine weather for. Gnenui Taihape Hororonua or Horofenua Kapiti Coast partly cloudy isolated showers clearing this morning for Marlborough and Nelson at the top of the South Island fine with high cloud for you lovely day Buller and Fiordland partly cloudy with showers clearing fine in Westland this afternoon and Buller in the evening uh, yes that's good isn't it and Canterbury cloudy with isolated showers for Otago Southland partly cloudy with isolated showers about the coast spreading elsewhere for a time this afternoon and then clearing in the evening. And finally for the Chatham Islands, cloudy periods and just a few showers. Let's look ahead for Thursday. Tomorrow for the North Island, partly cloudy with isolated showers in the west, especially in the afternoon and evening. South Island, rain tomorrow, developing in the west and then south with possibly heavy falls. High cloud elsewhere with a few spots of rain. For Friday, getting on to the weekend, North Island, scattered showers in the west, spreading elsewhere later and turning to rain south and western area of about Waitomo, rain south of about Waitomo they say. And then you've got heavy falls possible in the South Island on Friday. Friday you've got rain in the west and south and then you've got heavy falls. I don't know why I broke into that character, sorry about that. And then you've got spreading elsewhere later and uh, easing from the south and west. And Saturday for the weekend of the North Island, rain south of Waitomo tomo and then possibly heavy, occasional showers elsewhere, and then in the South Island you've got a few showers in the south, clearing the east and scattered rain later on. You the extended forecast for the wonderful people out there at the Chathams. Uh, you have cloudy periods, a few showers developing on Friday, and then you've got northwesterly winds strengthening, showers turning to rain for a time on Saturday, with winds changing to southwest for a time. That is news and information news brought to you by TNT Radio, weather by Met Service, and also the wonderful folk, uh, Mr. Duncan, uh, I think that's his name. Um, actually he says that's over at weatherwatch.co.nz he said there's a front and it's going to be moving onto the northeast of the North Island this morning and then you're going to have showers clearing away a weakening front and trough lie over the South Island bringing cloud and a few showers so that's the situation there well thank you very much if you're listening on um, uh, uh, Twitter or Facebook or um, what's the other ones we've got uh, YouTube or rumble if you 're listening there you 'll need to go over to the streaming software where we 've got a good number of people. Hello to you all there uh let 's let me say hello to a few people let 's see if I can uh, find out where you all are and I will do that now let 's have a look here and it doesn 't take too long Find out where you 're all coming from um, let 's let me see my word you 're from all over the show okay what have we got we 've got some people in the United States. Hello. Oh, gosh, we've got people in Chile. Having a listen, New Zealand, there's uh, quite a few of you there. Australia, hi to you. Now, whereabouts are you all? In New Zealand, the majority is Auckland, Whangarei, other cities, Wellington, Napier, Palmerston North, New Plymouth and Taurong. G'day, g'day. In the United Kingdom, we've got people in South Walk, New Leamington Spa, Sheffield, Stonehaven, West and Western Super Marie. I've never heard of that place, sorry about that. In Germany, who have we got there? Brennan, uh, Clash Houten, Hamburg, Cleve, and then another place I can't pronounce, sorry. In the United States, it looks as though it's Clifton, Kansas City, and St. Charles. In Australia, we've got people in Perth, Hobart, and Sydney and uh where are we now we're going down to ireland ireland how are you going there just the dublin and um and uh can't pronounce that place uh netherlands hello to amsterdam and groin i suppose and tilburg hello hello and uh where else are we now i'm lost now poland I i don't believe it poland I can't pronounce any of those words <laughs> so, so, Oh no, I just wouldn't I'm not even going to try So hello, thank you for listening I'm sorry I can't pronounce your words I'll give it a go Maybe you could send me over phonetics Of how to pronounce those words Like we've got G-D-Y-N-A-I uh, N-I-A So that's glin, Glinia it looks like And then it's got Ya ja, I guess it's a, so a J would be like a ya Not a j So either jaslo or Yaslo. Or this is in, where are we now? Poland and then we've got Mzana, it looks like there. Yeah. Finland, who have we got there? Helsinki and other cities. Czechoslovakia, uh, or no, Chechnya, I should say. We've got people in Chechnya? You've got to be joking. Joking. Prague, there we are. And another one, uh, I can't, Kraklov crack, or something. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not very good. I didn't do very well at school at English. <laughs> we get by. Don't we I have to try and remember everything because i can't can't read to save myself, but I give it a go give it a go you know it's good practice for me out there dyslexic child <laughs> anyway, so thank you very much for listening so if you're over on the watching it on one of the um one of those you know video things uh then just whip over to the if you look in the um look in the what do you call it the description you'll see the links they've got heaps of links so thank you very much anyway for for listening. appreciate that. And uh, so now we're going to go back to a bit of country music. I hope you like it. Hey, if you don't like it, tell me what sort of music you do like, and we'll change. We're here for the people, so it doesn't have to be country. And I must confess, I was listening to it yesterday, and some of it I don't really like, I've got to, I've got to tell you. Some of that stuff that we're playing here on the country station, I'm not really that into. Uh, it's just that I have a huge array of it. And, uh, but it takes a while but what I'd like to do is bring in some more um, popular music I suppose cross over some adult contemporary music that would be good and maybe blend that with some of the music that's kind of good you know there's, uh, there's some good country music there's also some pretty bad stuff some of the stuff I think in the last few years is pretty bad I don't like uh, all the songs about boozing you know getting drunk um, having sex with women you know on the back of the ute and all that sort of stuff I just think it's unnecessary and I do want to edit all that out uh, I don't want to know about what you do in the bedroom and I don't think I don't think um, adults want to really you know, people that are thinking people don't want to hear all that I don't know why they actually thought that it would be popular it seems to be so it's kind of weird really if you ask me so I'm, I'm going actually going to filter that out and we're going, and I want to have some clean country music and there is some really good clean country music out there uh, I think it's some people like Zach Bryan and um, a few of the others they're starting to change things make it a bit better but some of it I'm not very happy with Luke Um, I think his name's Luke Bryan anyway I I better not say the wrong names but um, some of it I listen to and I think oh gosh and then then I get back and try and find it to delete it so I've deleted a lot of stuff that I think is just rubbish country music so we'll try and get rid of that and we'll have it so that it's um, here in New Zealand we don't like full on country music all the time I can see that now so it's been quite a good experiment for me actually just to see what it is people like And people, I think, are turned off by just like full-on country music all the time in this country, whereas, you know, you folks up in Canada and the United States, you seem to like it, like it more than we do here. But um, so I'm hoping to bring a nice blend of adult contemporary popular music with the best of today's country and also some great country from years gone by as well, but perhaps not so much heavily Country And I think some of that real twangy stuff here in New Zealand, we don't really want to hear it. That's my opinion anyway. It's 14 past 7. Thanks a lot for joining me. We'll see you again tomorrow, uh, Lord willing. Always got to say that because you just don't know what's going to happen, to you, on the morrow. So we'll see you at my 5 o'clock bright and early if you miss it. Of course, the podcast by 8 o'clock it will be on all the podcasts except for iHeart we're there, our one is Podbean so go over to Podbean and follow us I think we've got about 2,500 people there and it says 2,000 and then I go there it says two, two four or two five. so I'm getting to different figures so I've got no idea we also know that people are following us on Spotify they listen, they, they can't get up for whatever reason, they can't get up at 5 o'clock who'd want to And um, I, I mean I'm not the best at 5 o'clock myself actually, don't really sort of wake up until about now and <laughs> but I've got other things to do now, I've got a farm that I've got to look after and I've got cows up there that I can see that are probably going to run out of grass by about midday so I've got to move them and uh, plus we're building here at the farm as well so it's a very very busy time for me and so really two, two hours I'm afraid is all I can put into it it's probably enough for you anyway okay so we'll see you tomorrow at five o'clock
5: radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener
4: what's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it you know people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is how ubiquitous it is it's in our cars it's in our homes there are so many new ways to access it it's everywhere to find out more go to
3: tntradio.live today's best country the wireless
2: I see them